Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. and happy new year brothers and sisters of the leaf coming to you live once again from well all over the fucking place it's the tuesday night cigar club tonight the boys congregate via live video thanks coronavirus you giant asshole to talk their way through the 2020 bruce willis outer space action thriller breach while smoking the novetta discovery cigar from fratello cigars Paired with an intergalactic smorgasbord of tasty craft beers. It may be a new year, but there's nothing new about the good time our favorite crew of inebriated numbnuts are about to have. They've been throwing the exact same party for six long years now, and in no way whatsoever is that depressing. So sit back, folks, light them up, and enjoy the show. Take a sip of my uh, magical podcast. Sauce. Happy New Year, boys. Oh, Happy, Happy New Year. I'm uh, super pumped to be here with you fellas. We were uh, supposed to do the show last week, but I came down with a little bit of a head cold. Well, nothing serious. I know how much our listeners look forward to hearing my smooth, dulcet voice every episode, and I didn't want to disappoint them. Not only so, our listeners, but... Especially the lady Us listeners. too, us too. Well, thank you, Tut. I'm glad it does something for you as well. Um, and I was a little bit nasally, but I'm back, baby. I'm back. And we are back to do what we do best, smoke and review cigars that have been expertly paired with craft beers, all while talking our way through a movie. Nobody else does it like us, baby. Very true, but Kate, uh, gotta got to ask something. Are you interjecting, Yax? I am interjecting. I welcome your interjection. What you got, big guy? Play it on me. Well, you know, you just mentioned that, you know, we uh, expertly pair our craft beers, but for some reason, I guess during our hiatus, you know, I I missed the the interaction, so I, I, I checked out some stuff on the website, some of your write-ups. Oh, just kind of feel, relive yeah, some DNCC memories? Through, you know. Okay. Missed the good old days, like, but they were like only a few weeks ago, but still. Okay. 
I like that. Thank you. And, I, put, I put a lot of work into those episode pages. And But I couldn't help but notice that, you know, as I was, I was reading through this, that when you're referring to my beer choices, uh, you wrote some things that I... I try to, I try to capture everyone's beer pairing experience as accurately as I can when I go back and watch the show. Go ahead. What you got? Well, all right. Well, I... I, I, I wrote them down. I, I, I printed it out so I could oh, I'll, wow. I'll read it to you. I'll okay. read it to you. You must have really liked it. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> uh, this was from our uh, religious episode back in December. A religious episode. I did episode. the uh, okay. Pepperhead IPA. Mm-hmm. You wrote, the Middleton Brewing's motto is, where beer is brewed, no evil can exist. And without checking the scriptures to verify that sounds about right, the Pepperhead IPA is a jalapeno-infused beer, and Yax thought that might uh, play well with our powerhouse of a cigar this evening. Was he right? Or you're just going to have to listen slash watch the show below and find out. And the okay. bottle does feature a sort of hop demon on the label, so I guess that's something religious, but not really. Yax beer pairing grade, F+. Plus. F, F+. Plus. Was the beer not jalapeno infused? Did I get that wrong? Did I type no, that in? No, no, it it was. I okay. I thoroughly okay. enjoyed that, but you know, I, I I kept reading and and on the other episode page for another show that we did last year, uh, I did the the blood and honey, and, and you wrote the blood and honey by Revolver Brewing. Yax tried to pair this beer into something, but he's uh, full of shit. So no. Yes, there's blood in tonight's film, but just no. Take it from me, folks. This beer blows no matter how much Yaks enjoyed the cinnamon component. Hard pass, pairing grade, F+. plus. <laughs> did, did you not enjoy the cinnamon component of that beer? No, no. I I, I did enjoy the I, – yes, I enjoyed the cinnamon component. Um, but uh, – when did you start grading us? Well, no, Yax, maybe you've taken this kind of personally? Oh, I'm, I'm taking this personal. Am I? Well, all right. You know, here, here's something uh, also for the doctor uh, that Sir Cade wrote uh, the, for your uh, pairing of the Copper Chopper. Oh, that, that, was the one, copper that, was chopper. One, that was one of the doctor's beers he drank. Yes, I know, and I, I couldn't help but notice Oh, you well wrote, for him. You wrote down something I wrote about his. Okay. Why? Well, I, I it's all here on I, the Copper Chopper by Spindle Tap Brewing. At five, it's a typical amber beer that it's overall fairly boring, and the doctor only picked it because it was available at the grocery store. He's present at to buy it. Yeah, there's some coppers in a night's film, but come on. Perhaps the doctor needs to step out of his laboratory more often and get some fresh air, or maybe his glasses were just on too tight that day and he got cut off the oxygen to oxygen to his brain. Pairing grade F minus. Look, I can explain. Hey, get back here, you judgmental bastard. Yeah, we're still here. Look, I, uh... What did you say perhaps my glasses were on too tight? Did. I, I didn't think you fellas would ever actually read these things. You never mention them. You never say like, hey, Cade, good job on that episode right up. You know, it's 1,300 words, and you really captured the essence of the show. Uh, my bad? 
luckily you guys are all like hundreds of miles away from me right now, so I uh, could be a little looser. I'm literally like <laughs> five miles away from you. I can uh, be there. I. How about we all just agree that Yagboy made a big mistake going to our website and reading stuff. Wait, once the show's done, you guys' job is done. You don't need to. You don't need to go back there and revisit. Uh, Revisit old That's why digging I stopped up. reading it years ago. What do you say, X? You made a mistake reading those, along with anybody else who actually tries to read them. <laughs> oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I get a minus for that? I'm just gonna write that in my notes, doctor style. You're not the only one taking notes, pal. <laughs> I got. I have voluminous. Hey, it's a new year, new oh. cave. New year, new cave. And I've uh, I've developed a new grading system for the beer pairings. I think you'll all be very, very happy with depending on what you guys pick tonight. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club, episode 131, or 130, I'm sorry. 130. It's a new year, and magically, all of 2020's problems are all over now. Just like that. Disappear. Boom. Done. Everything's everything's He's fine now. So. Everything's, everything's okay. It's crazy. 2021, so get the hell out of here. Uh, I almost said episode 131. This should be episode 131. We we actually did a Christmas episode that was really hilarious. I mean, I can't yes. remember the last time after the show I turned to you guys and I'm like, boys, that felt good. Man, that felt really good. Best show I, ever coming out of the block. We reviewed uh, this one of the Silent Night, Deadly Night films in the spirit of Christmas. We all dressed up in Christmas clothes. It was just a, a festive. I had an epic uh, cat sweater. Well, it was awesome. absolutely phenomenal. It was great. Uh, but in the spirit of Silent Night, uh, the episode ended up being silent. Uh, we, we, we lost our audio. And uh, uh, Thank you, 2020. I'm blaming it on 2020. It was not production's fault. It was 2020's fault. Unavoidable. It was a little too silent for a audio podcast. Oh, it was silent. Um, All right. I thought about releasing it to YouTube just as talking with no sound and uh, – just play the Benny Hill music over and over again. I would actually just go back in and like do audio. Just that's totally, totally not the podcast. I mean, just totally lip synced and lip dubbed. Uh, well, it was a fun show. And now this 2021, our Christmas episode, I don't have to do any work. I've got the, we can just yeah. do that one again. Um, and I'm very lazy. So that makes me happy. Hey, it's like a show with a boat. Uh, well, happy new year. I'm really glad to see you guys. Uh, everybody doing okay? No, doing good. Doing good. Everybody, everybody, everybody looks okay Yeah. on these these tiny little screens. Uh, if you're not, if you're listening to us, you should really kick it over to YouTube. Uh, we had a great year on YouTube. We got our YouTube numbers and holy Nikes, uh, just a ton of new subscribers, new viewers. They were just our, our numbers were through the charts. So thank you very much. And, um, well, what do we do? I'm not going to turn to Yak Boy like I usually did, Judas. So I'm going to tell you all what I do. What we do every show, we pair a fine, hopefully premium cigar with an entertaining, hopefully movie. And we just smash them together and pour craft beer all over them with a craft beer that hopefully also pairs thematically and uh, spiritually with the other elements in the show. And it just becomes a beautiful thing after two and a half, three hours. And we, and we just, nobody else does what we do and we love doing it for you. So let's get right to it. Shall we just, just cut my boy right out of there, huh? He can do it next week if he behaves. Okay. And Todd, if you don't 
watch your ass. I'm gonna hey. write some notes. Write some notes about you. Punk hair. It's time to be punk. Let's see that hairstyle. You finally got a haircut after a year. No, take off the headphones. That sounded sleazy. Take off the headphones. Yeah. It's an improvement. I'll take it. Uh, if you're listening, go over to YouTube and you see Tut's hair. I get both the clean-shaven side and then the fun side. You're like a uh, McBLT. It's my ode to Cyberpunk 2077. The cold side's cold, the hot side's hot. Well, it's, it's warm. It's warm. I was a fan of the flowing locks, but a man's got to do what he's got to do. Man, hey, I, I loved it. That's why I kept. That's why I kept all the top because uh, I do. I do like it, and eventually I'm going to throw it back into a, a samurai ponytail back there. But I couldn't stand the sides, man. The sides were sticking straight out. They were almost as wide as my shoulders. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Samurai ponytail, eh? Dude, I would wake up and I felt like a muppet every morning. Yeah, imagine it had to be some kind of driving hazard too. Like, could you see like what was going on on your? It's like built-in blind spots. Oh man, on a windy day, and I was just like. <laughs> Plus, I got tired of everybody calling me Doc from from Back to the Future. You did look a lot like uh, Doc Brown. From... I totally did. And that's not something people want to. Yes, yes, I understand. It's heavy, Marty. It's heavy. <laughs> Marty. Every, Great every time. Scott. Every time Tut would call me on the phone, I would answer, Marty! Okay. Uh, tonight's cigar, let's get right to business, boys. Tonight's cigar is the Navetta Discovery by Fratello Cigars. It is a 5x50 uh, Robusto, I believe. Doesn't say it, but I mean, 5x50 is Robusto. Yeah. Ecuadorian Oscuro wrapper. It's a very dark Ecuadorian wrapper, hence the Oscuro tag. Dominican Republic binder and Nicaraguan filler. Yak Boy, Factory, Hoya de Nicaragua. I believe we went, we walked through the room when they were rolling some Fratello cigars. Yes. uh, Because I actually didn't realize that's where Fratello was was manufactured until we went down there. And uh, uh, I will say price point for last, as always. Okay. We have featured one other Fratello cigar on the podcast way back in 2016. On episode 56, we paired the Fratello Bianco with some movie called Mantervention, which I have no memory of whatsoever. Oh, I remember Mantervention. I like that movie. I remember it, yeah. I think the only thing I remember is I think my pairing philosophy there was Bianco means white in Italian. And the movie was a bunch about a bunch of white stupid dudes. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. hey, that works. Okay. Uh, I think that was my thought process. Good looking actress in it though. F plus. Uh, oh come on, that's a D. That's a D. That's a solid D pairing right there. I'll do the grading around here, pal. I also recently reviewed an inexpensive uh, bundle cigar from Fratello's new Camo line. Uh, there's a they have a line of bundle cigars, a Maduro, a Connecticut. I did the Connecticut. It's called the Green. What's the Italian word for Green? I think it's Verde, maybe, or that's Spanish. But anyway, it's the Green Camo Bundle Cigar I reviewed for the Blind Man's Puff website. It was one of the, I sent you guys a link. Yeah. It was one of the best budget cigars I've had in a really long time. Uh, lots of 
flavors that you usually don't get in an inexpensive cigar. I highly uh, recommend that one. Yeah, I'm looking so anyway, forward to trying that. Uh, so, anywho, tonight we're going to be reviewing the Fratello Navetta Discovery. Navetta is the Italian word for shuttle. And it makes sense that it's used here in that Fratello's founder, Omar de Frias, previously worked at NASA for 12 years before dedicating himself full-time to the premium cigar world. Um, so this cigar... Oh, look who wore his NASA t-shirt. You sly fox. That's right. In a press release, Omar had this to say. Blending Fratello Navetta uh, was special as I wanted to translate the ultimate celebration our men and women of the space program felt after a successful mission. After being part of over 21 missions, nothing beats the feeling of getting our astronauts home safe to their families. Colleagues of mine would get together and smoke a very special cigar to commemorate the occasion. And this very special blend carries the ultimate feeling of innovation, duty, honor, and success. So he made this one for his, in the spirit of his, his NASA friends. Hey, wait a minute. Our movie tonight, they go up in space. Indeed they do. Pairing grade A plus. Uh, B minus. The Navetta, the Navetta line comes in four sizes, all named after NASA shuttles. The Navetta Endeavor, the Enterprise, the Atlantis, and of course tonight we're smoking the Discovery. Cool concept. I like it. Yeah. I like I like different stuff in cigars. Everything's named after somebody's grandpa or something. This I, I like this. Uh, um, so folks at home, will we need to make space in our humidors for this cigar? Oh, Jesus Christ. I no. guess we're just going to have to light up to find out. <laughs> I can tell we're in a, in for a journey full of discovery. I, I really think we are, Todd, because, you know, the interviews I've seen with Omar de Frias, the, the founder, he's really shooting for the stars. I'm out. <laughs> no, doctor, doctor, come back, come back. Uh, he's speaking of cigars. Uh, 2021, embrace the pun, doctor. Boy, this has a really nice uh, chocolatey sweetness on mm-hmm. the cold draw, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's got a little sweetness when the snow on the foot, too. The body's got a little cocoa to it, too. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty little cigar. Um, speaking of cigars, as you boys light up, uh, do y'all know who makes some really good ones? Who's that? That's right, Yex. Our good friends over at Drew Estate. And one of the most unique offerings in their vast portfolio is the Herrera Esteli Miami, crafted by level nine Cuban rollers at the famed El Titan de Bronze in Caleocho. The Herrera Esteli Miami line is expertly rolled with a lavish Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper over a rich Ecuadorian Sumatran binder with select fillers from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. The new look of Herrera Steli Miami features a rich black and gold packaging and is available in five sizes. This delicious cigar is now available at Drew Diplomat retailers everywhere, so go get you some. It's a it's a good cigar. I uh, It might be my favorite Herrera Steli cigar. Nah, I'm a big Norteño guy. But this one's right up there. I haven't I smoked like- as I haven't smoked as many of these as the Norteño, but uh, I really I really like this one. You guys are just glad I'm not still talking about the Pappy Van Winkle. <laughs> to be honest, I completely toned the commercial out because I thought you were going to be doing the Pappy Van Winkle. 
we uh, we we hyped up Happy Van Winkle for quite some time, but it's a new year, and we're talking about new things here, folks. But still, still go out and get you some Pappy Van Winkles. It's it's still a very unique, uh, phenomenal. Can we go smell. back and talk about the barrel fermentation just for just for nostalgic purposes. It's the barrel fermentation is the <laughs> no. If I don't hear Wolfman Jack, I'm not going to know when to pay back attention. I'm not going to be able to snap back too. They do use car uh, railroad jacks uh, in the making of the Pappy Van Winkles. Look, I'm thrilled that we're talking about the Herrera Esteli Miami. Can you, you guys are just going to have to let Pappy. Uh, I mean, maybe I'll drop them uh, in one day. You know what? I'm I'm really starting to not like 2021. Uh, I bet if I gave you guys a couple of those Herrera Stelly Miamis, you'd be that might change your tune, huh? Oh, definitely. And you should definitely try this. That, that would get you a plus. I know how to make these guys happy, Doctor. They can have all the complaints in the world. I drop off a bag of cigars. They're back. Don't hey. you? And don't you think I haven't Nobody. noticed that? Whenever Tud starts getting a little testy, I'm like, hey, uh, why don't I give you a couple cigars? All right. <laughs> all right first of all, you gotta, not you gotta cheap. Cigars. But I can be had. Hey, man. Hey. Hey, I always take care of my boys. Uh, oh, man, the aroma from those things is nice. It is. It's very clean, uh, very clean smoke. Uh, Tud, what are you getting off the first impression? I had just a just a smidge of pepper on that retro. Mine's I've got some sweetness coming into it, uh, but it's uh, it's like a woodsy type type deal. I got a nice little little bit of woodsiness there. A little but, pepper on the draw, a little woodsy on or pepper on the nose, woodsy on the draw. Yeah, but I was actually surprised that the sweetness kind of kind of hung through from that cold draw because usually like you know you get your little sweetness on the cold draw and then. The you know the cigar goes ooh pepper blast and that sweetness can't compete but no I, that sweetness is still kind of hanging around. What about you, Yax? Well, like the the initial cold draws, like you, I mean, I got that little that, that little bit of chocolatey, and then it had yeah. a just a, the cold draw had a real sort of a hay very strong sort of hay grass just a touch of like cedar component. Yeah, I really like. But, you know, light up, got to agree with Tut. It was just that little bit of pepper. So right now with that and that that chocolate on the draw, I'm going to see where this takes me. Yeah, I wasn't getting your – I wasn't getting the, the hay deal that you talked about on that cold, but I think you nailed that cedar. I've actually got a little bit of a tight draw here. I'm, I'm having uh, – I'm going to bust out my – professional cigar cutting scissors and see if I can. Uh, I usually like a paper clip and just be like. Uh, well, that might that might be next. Uh, Yaks, while I'm trying to, to get a little better start to this sucker, why don't you tell us who's drinking what? Let's start with Tut. Uh, he is drinking the Tater Bug. The Tater Bug. Interesting name for beer, but you know what? Red Horn Brewing, uh, down there in good old Cedar Park, uh, started a Red Horn uh, Coffee and uh, House and Brewery. Uh, started back in 2014. Uh, he is drinking the Tater Bug Dry Stout. Uh, this one gets its name. They, uh, the childhood Irish style, Irish style yes. 
they took the name from their uh, marketing managers, his childhood nickname back in Nebraska, Taterbug, which is a an excellent nickname. Uh, right on the on the profile, it's it's uh, 4.2%, about 25, 30 IBUs, so very low. That's about right. And of course, with this, they 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 besides taking the name, they decided. Besides making a normal stout, they went ahead and added potato starch. I'm not exactly sure what that does to the to the beer, to be honest. Well, the the yeast interaction with that starch is what they take it for being a dry stout. It is a kind of a dry. I mean, it definitely has the characteristics of a dry. So we'll have to. Is it, is it got any like the? I mean, they didn't give like say it was like overly chocolatey or anything like that. No, nah, it's a uh, it's pretty coffee. Uh, matter of fact, I was kind of surprised. I, I was hoping I'm like, man, a coffee beer. This might throw the that the cigar might not be able to hang with it because uh, I was surprised. It's not like super super coffee, but it's coffee enough to where you know you take that first sip and you're like, oh yeah, I could definitely taste the coffee element. Yeah. Uh, but that's about the only profile to it. It's kind of dry. Uh, it's definitely not like a Guinness in terms of that creaminess style. Uh, but it's, it's uh, yeah, I mean, it's a nice stout, and that's exactly what I wanted. I, I didn't want any type of sugary type beer, for God's sake, uh, and nothing too far out there. And I'm like, how far out there can a potato beer be? And by the way, just to tie it into it, Bruce Willis used to get bullied in school, but they would call him Taterhead. Say again? Bruce Willis used to get bullied in school. He told People Magazine they used to call him Taterhead. Taterhead. Normally I would call bullshit, but I do know he was bullied as a young man. He had a horrible stutter. Uh, and like a lot of perform- a lot of performers, his stutter only would disappear when he would perform, whether singing or on stage. And um, that uh, a lot of entertainers uh, kind of overcome their stutters. So I'm gonna give you a pass for now. Plus, you like threw in that People magazine thing to make it sound <laughs> really good. Well, I did a quick Google on it. I was like, "Fuck it!" I knew I was gonna get this beer anyway. I was like, "I'm just gonna try it." So quick Google. Uh, Bruce Willis, Tater. Ah, People Magazine, 2011. Well played, sir. Well played. Okay, uh, so it's basically some chocolate flavors and a little bit dry. Yeah, yeah, and not chocolate, but coffee, just straight up or coffee. coffee. And that should go fairly, that should be copacetic. With the I think cigar. so right now. Right now it's going really well. Okay. Uh, Yak Boy, what's our, our good, fine doctor drinking this evening? Good Fine Doctor is having the Einstock Arctic Pale Ale. Yup. Vikings. Yup. Which we all know Vikings don't have horns on their hands. That's right. Keith A. Howe told us so. Our they don't. A famous voiceover announcer who's also somewhat of an expert on such things. But it looks cool. It does. It really does. Uh, the Einstock uh, started back in uh, 2011, and we have featured that beer on the podcast back in episode 99. We did. Uh, our Ice Pirates episode where Keith A. Howe joined us uh, in the house. 
and we really liked it. We found it uh, very low bitterness, but a nice citrusness, and I think we attributed it to those Icelandic ocean waters that they use. Yeah, pretty crisp, clean, nice. Well, and of course they can they can of course use the term Arctic and be serious about it. They are sixty miles south of the Arctic Circle. A little chilly up there. But that's technically not Arctic. A little bit chilly. Doctor, do you like it? Yeah, so far, uh, like you said, not really bitter. I, I wasn't present at the the episode ninety nine uh, show. Um, but yeah, nothing. There's a unique taste to it, but nothing uh, real crazy. I I don't. I wouldn't have put my finger on the word citrus. Uh, I think I just taste that glacier water, even though I really wouldn't know how to separate that from tap water. But yeah, it's a nice beer. Well, it's uh, 5.6% ABV, and the IBUs are very low, but they did that on purpose. Uh, hops they used in it, uh, American Cascade, which would really give it a, a, a kick, but then they used uh, Hollertau and Bavarian Northern to bring that bitterness back down. So it's more, like I said, as opposed to being like a IPA, it is just a normal pale ale. I remember liking it quite a bit. Um, real quick, guys, a, a brief update. I couldn't find the the thing I usually try to work tight draws in because I, I was just not getting a good enough draw to, to smoke this thing. So I I first I took my my nub tool. Yeah. You can see it's got these little prongs here, and I, I kind of gave it some more than that. The paperclip trick. That didn't do it. So then I, I jammed a screwdriver. <laughs> not jammed. I, I sensitively... Good screwdriver, dude. It's smoking like a champ now. I'm good. <laughs> how much? Uh, how many points does that knock off when it's like screwdriver through the middle? It, it, it will cost it a few points, unfortunately. I'm glad you guys did not have the same issue. Uh, no, man, you guys no, are, this you, is fine. This is fine. You guys are right, though. Uh, now that I'm smoking this thing, uh, the aroma is really getting to me. It's got a really nice aroma. Uh, I'm getting a not overpowering pepper. Uh, you know, that, that kind of black pepper on the nose. Um, and then I'm getting some cedar, cedar and a really rich earthiness uh, on the draw. And there's something else on that draw, but I'll, I'll figure that out when the time comes. Um, does that sound about right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, what am I drinking, Yaks? You are having space dust. Oh, yeah. Just dust from space. Oh, no, it's beer. Elysian Brewing out of Seattle, Washington. Founded back in the glorious year of 1995. Oh, that was a good year. It was a good year. The Space Dust IPA uh, is a little bit of a powerhouse, 8.2%. But I am, you know, and I I always say this about Space Dust. It's really good, and I always question because, like, it seems they only give it, like, 60 IBUs. And it always seems like it's... I think that's about right, honestly. Uh, it, it it's got a really nice malt presence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. It does have a nice bitterness. Yeah, I'm with you. I may be closer to seventy, is probably if I had to guess. But uh, it's a very well put together beer. We actually, I'm revisiting this one. Um, we're doing a space movie, and I hadn't had the space dust in some time. We featured this way back on episode seventy five when yeah. we did. Beach Babes from Beyond, which is by far our most popular episode. It's approaching like over half a million YouTube views 
and the surprisingly that's how a lot of people find us uh that people go crazy (laughs) over that um and i was like well maybe i can recreate some of that magic tonight maybe breach will be our new beach babes from beyond yeah instead of a movie about beautiful buxom babes it's bruce willis we got potato head we got potato head (laughs) oh tater head but am am i wrong yaks that didn't they sell out to one of the big guys the brewer yeah oh did they yeah i think we gave it some shit for that which you know we'd take that check in a heartbeat but oh yeah we would uh sell out every beer in my store you can find this uh, anywhere. It's all. It's. I mean, it's. It's Target. It's always at the end cap of the beer aisle at Target. Oh, but I mean, if, you know, a lot of these brewers. I mean, if they want to get their beer in national distribution, it's the quickest way. And luckily, with at least Space Dust. I mean, all too. You know, I, I hate to say it, but you know, when they sell out, big guy that buys them. You know, to they buy the name, not the recipe, so to speak. Yeah. Right change it up but at least with this one space dust has remained pretty damn close to what i remember it's hey man i'm not gonna i'm not gonna shit on it because the big guys are getting the dollars from it now it's a good beer it's i liked it then yeah. i went back and looked at our episode notes on the website that you guys like so much and we actually said at that point in time episode 75 it was our second favorite ipa we had done after the good night from oscar yeah. Oh, yeah. So, it was a good so beer. We, it was a good beer. We really like this one. Um. So, okay. Well, space movie, space dust. Yak boy. What you got? Oh, dog doctor. Was there was there a pairing philosophy with the Icelandic beer in tonight's film? I hear it's cold in outer space. There you go. Dynamite. Yeah. Done. That's that still education right there. He is a man of science. I am doing from the Brazos Valley Brewing Company. Yeah. The bear, from their barrel aged series, the Laugh at the Moon. Just laughing at the moon. It is a Russian Imperial Stout. Oh. Da. Yeah. Da. And of course, being barrel aged Russian Imperial, mm, they, they, this one clocks in at 10.6. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna be a potato head here in about thirty minutes. I'm a potato head right now. <laughs> it is quite delicious. Oh yeah, good. It is. I was I was concerned. I was like, man, that's high ABV. IBUs are really low. They're like ten. I mean, it's it's a Russian imperial bitterness is very low. But I mean, this one, you know, here's this coffee. Here's this coffee. I have this is all chocolatey. And I was a little concerned because I was like, at the, you know, when I was tasting the cigar and early on, I was like, is that the cigar that I'm tasting or is yeah. it my beer at this That's point? That's the risk you're It's right. so chocolate. If the drink- moon is in space, then our movie takes place in space. Hey, we've all gotten drunk and laughed at the moon. It happens. <laughs> Stupid moon. Stupid moon. <laughs> but, you know, I also went ahead and I, I – as I was there in the store, I couldn't help but notice that there was another beer, which we, from our ill-fated episode last that didn't make it, uh-huh. a certain brewery uh. who had put out wonderful beers, wonderful named beers. Yeah. Like, oh, they, they really are – what they're paying their marketing department, they should be paying their brewers. Right. 
So this one, of course, from Martin House Brewing in Fort Worth, the Nebula. I'm going to try this one later. I couldn't help. I mean, I literally have like a can of it because literally this the, uh, is the uh, – how, how should I – let me – here, let me look at my notes. A bourbon barrel-aged black and red currant lactose sour. Dude, that sounds That's, like a red I, licorice stick. I know. I'm interested to find out. But it, it has this super awesome space guy in a spacesuit skeleton. So oh. I'm done with you, Martin House. Yeah, dude. I, I Like I said, their marketing department is so on point. They burned, us, they burned us with the crunch enhancer. They burned us with the puppy chow, which you would have learned that if you got to see our, our missing episode from Christmas time. Uh, <laughs> screw me once, shame on you. Screw me twice, shame on me. Screw me three times. Well, I'm just a member of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast, and I got drunk, and I went ahead and bought your beer anyway. I uh, am a member of the Tuesday Night I'm going to try this one what, later. What's the ABV on that bad boy? This one's a 9.8. Okay, I figured it was pretty had to be up there a little bit. So I'm uh I'm gonna have to sip my beers tonight, lest I be on the floor. Well, if you drop on the floor, just make sure you tilt your laptop screen down so we can still see you down there. Oh God, it's happening. Um, guys, I gotta say, once now that I got this thing smoking, uh, hey, doctor, any port in the storm, whatever works. Uh, the earthiness kind of dissipated pretty quick. Now it's that cedar, and I'm getting kind of a sweet chocolate. A sweetness and a and a chocolate on that draw, which is is really nice. And I don't have any chocolate or coffee or any of that crazy stuff in my beer, so it's that's well, my beer. This, this barrel aged beer is like nothing but chocolate. I mean, it's so, which is very enhancing for the cigar. I, I'm not complaining. Um, yeah, I'm getting. I'm starting to get some some chocolate flavors out of the cigar. Utah. Uh, not really hanging on the chocolate right now. Uh, mainly that cedar. The I, I do get that nice cedar. Still a little light dusting of pepper across that retro hill. It's a very pleasant retro hill. I'm kind of digging it. Is. It. it is. Um, all right. Well, real quick, uh, before we get into the film, I do want to say one thing, if you'll allow me a few minutes. Before we move on from cigars and beers and introduce tonight's film, I'd like you beautiful bastards watching us on YouTube to turn your attention to my square on the screen, as if you weren't already focusing on that, and check out this amazing ensemble I've put together for tonight's show. I picked up this fucking rad Nicaraguan jacket. It's got the uh, Nicaraguan artwork on the thing. It's got a cigar-smoking emblem on the sleeve. And on the back, it has a tobacco plant. Oh, my God. Pick that up from the phenomenal artist and cigar industry legend, Jesse Flores. Hey, Jesse. Who has a new online shop open at victims1975.com. As many of you know, Jesse was the longtime head honcho at Drew Estate Subculture Studios where he oversaw the creation of so much artwork over the years. Uh, he's also behind the hand-carved mega ashtrays. We're lucky enough to have one here in the corner, no hope. Um, so much swag, so much unique uh, art that he put out over the years. And all the amazing graffiti 
that you see in the Drew State factory. Everywhere you look, there the paintings yeah, it's on the beautiful walls. building, beautiful building. Uh, when when Yax and I went down there last March, I mean, literally, Yax, you can't go anywhere without art. No, I mean, it's everywhere. And Every wall, you turn a corner, something. It, it's just something, and that's all what Jesse and the culture Jesse created there at Subculture Studios is responsible for all of that. Jesse's super talented, and now he's bringing his gift straight to the consumer via his website. Uh, I also picked up this T-shirt. I had a little Christmas money uh, for the family. It's a tobacco plant uh, T-shirt that I picked up. And while I was on the website, this Nicaraguan coffee mug. has got some uh, guys out in the yeah. – in the field. Very nice. Uh, Very nice. Man, good Christmas for you. Uh, well, I bought it for myself. Uh, uh, with the best Christmas ever. <laughs> you guys, do you guys still in your forties get Christmas money from relatives and stuff? And... No, that's that would be ridiculous. I, I, I always feel like such a kid when I, when I get a card with money in it because I'm like a grown man, but I'm like, <laughs> all right, I can buy some stuff uh, that I, you know, uh, well, I bought. I went to jail. I've been I've been looking at his stuff, and he puts out. There's so much cool cigar swag. You got to buy cigars to get. You got to go to events. You got to you know really cool cigar shirts and t-shirts are kind of hard to come by. And all of a sudden, there's this website where it's just and he updates it constantly with new artwork, new stuff. Uh, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna support a good dude, and I, I got me some stuff. Uh, he's got it all: clothing, art prints. Uh, mugs to backpacks, stickers for your humidor. He's even got flip-flops with tobacco leaves on them. I mean, he's got everything. I want to be clear here. I am not getting paid one bit for this shout-out. I bought all this stuff with my own money, no no discounts. I just really respect Jesse. I always have. Uh, I've got a lot of his artwork. Our, our friend Rev years ago sent me a Liga 9 painting that he got from Jesse um at cigar safari we've got the mega ashtray we've got some pewter ashtray i mean he's he's brought a lot of happiness to my life through his art over the years so i just i really respect him and his talent and i wanted to share with uh, our listeners and viewers that you could get your hands on some really cool stuff now fairly easily all you got to go do is go to www.victims1975 and check it out or don't check it out you're adults you can do whatever you want i'm not your boss but still a lot of cool stuff. Uh, if you're looking for if you're a cigar smoker and you want to represent, uh, I really like this uh, little track jacket I got. Uh, it's cozy. Yeah. Did and you, it's pretty. Does he make a matching set of track pants? There, there, as of last time I looked, there was not matching track pants. No, I'm actually not wearing pants tonight. I'm out. Uh, but um, Jesse, the minute give he, me some track pants to go along with that track jacket. The minute he gets some track pants in stock, I'll uh, I'll, I'll buy them. Well, if it's Christmas time and I get some more Christmas money from my grandma. <laughs> uh, moving on. We got a film to talk about, boys. Let's get into film. it. Let's get into it. I know it. you're dying to talk about this fucking movie. Let's do it. Let's do it. Tut, you're always wanting to do new movies. Hell yeah. Would you like to swing on a star? Carry moonbeams home in a jar. This is No Hudson Hawk. Uh... And I, I say that as a slam on this film, not on, on Hudson Hawk. Uh, 
revisit Hudson Hawk, man. Yeah, I need to. It's been ages. That is that is it. that is Bruce Willis showing up to work every day with a smile on his face, giving it everything he's fucking got. He co-wrote the script. By the that way, was his passion project. A friend of mine turned me on to a deal. If you sign up for Audible, uh, the the free trial, you get mm-hmm. two credits, so you can download two books. And so I've only downloaded one book, and it was Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey, read, read by Matthew, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. Of course, who else could read it? It's exactly what you think it is, and it is not, but it is. All wrapped yeah. into one, but wrapped into nothing. Did you learn some life lessons? Oh, my God. It's like, dude, it's first of all, if he's done half of the stuff that he claims to have in the, done in this book, the guy is Ernest Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway is going, oh, wow, man, that's a good life. That is a good life lived. He was on he was on Howard Stern and told a lot of those stories. Yeah, I think he's actually done all that stuff. And, so. and one thing I can kind of, I'm like, you know, if there's somebody who did, I can believe that Matthew did it. I like yeah. I like the I like the stuff about his life, uh, but man, sometimes on the philosophy, I'm like, dude, just chill, just just chill. I actually did the audible thing too, Ted, and I got um, "Born Standing Up" by Steve Martin, his book about his stand-up philosophy and his stand-up career, and he he read that. It's it's phenomenal. Okay, that might um, be my second credit then. Yeah, that's that's a really good listen to. Um, anywho, we're not here to talk about good stuff. We're here to talk about the film Breach, 2020's Breach. Um, Bring on that good stuff, baby. Written by Edward Drake and Corey Large, who also co-wrote the upcoming 2021 Bruce Willis action films Cosmic Sin, Apex, and American Siege. These boys acting. Dude, he's acting and they're writing. Uh, Drake, one of the co-writers, is directing all three of those films. And Corey Large... Uh, the other co-writer, he actually stars as one of the crew members in tonight's film. Um, Do you think this is like a Steven Seagal deal where he got caught up with some Russian producers and got into them bad and had to do like seven movies in a row? No, I, I got a different theory. We'll get to that later. Okay. Right. Um, Breach is directed by a fellow named John Suits, whose most visible prior directing gig that you might have seen is the Die Hard Battery commercials where Bruce Willis reprises his iconic role of John McClane where he jumps through an auto parts store window to buy a car battery for some reason. Okay. He could have just walked in the door. I mean, yeah. You haven't seen the whole thing from start to finish then. It's implied he gets thrown through it. Oh, no, I haven't. They just show him flying through that window and he asks for a car battery. Yeah, the whole thing, he's walking down the street. First the car, the battery doesn't work. He can't start the car, so he gets out and he's walking and then all of a sudden some real bad. He sees the... He sees the guy that's Theo, Clarence Gilliard. He sees him sitting in a little coffee shop, and he's all, Theo, and he, like, points at him, like, and then all, all of a sudden he's surrounded by, like, some bad dudes, and so it's implied that he gets flung through it. Oh, okay. And you should what? watch the whole thing. It's, like, almost three minutes long. Oh, is it, like, on YouTube or something? Uh, it's somewhere. I don't know. It's 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 two and a half minutes three minutes long okay well they do cut to him with theo driving off in a limousine with the car yeah. battery and it just none of it made any sense to me whatsoever but uh tonight's director also directed uh that car battery commercial uh there's something you could probably tell worth noting from the credits i just read 
And it's obvious when you watch a bunch of these straight-to-video on-demand Willis action flicks, it's just how incestuous they are. As far as them, they feature a lot of the same actors, which I'm assuming are a lot of Bruce Willis's friends, his buddies. And the same creative teams keep popping up the names of writers, directors, and producers over and over again. But like I said, we'll get to that aspect. I don't think the Russians are involved in this stuff, but we'll get to that maybe a little bit later, I'm sure. Here's a synopsis for you of tonight's film. Fleeing a devastating plague on Earth, an interstellar arc comes under attack from a new threat, a shape-shifting alien force intent on slaughtering what's left of humanity. Sound about right? Yeah, yeah. Nailed it. Yes. I, I, did, it I didn't write that. That was what was on the video box. All right. Well, as the opening credits play out amongst the scenes of rioting and chaos With like Earth, 15 production companies stringed together. It's, it's, like, it's like it's our the, second longest. Not, not the longest, but the second longest. It's the year 2242. And you cannot help but see the names. Tut, there was nine production oh, nine. companies. That pooled their money together to make this film. And I'm noticing that more and more as, as films get released straight on, on demand and on Amazon. I can only imagine that it's the theory that if you get enough investors to pool their money together, you're less likely to, to go belly, you know, tits up. Yeah. If it, if it tanks because you didn't put in, you know, hey, if we, why three guys invest in a movie when we get 30 guys to invest in a movie? Yeah. If it, if it doesn't do so great, you don't lose your house. You, you know, you lose your kid's college. Tuition. Hey, man, in today's age, get it any way you can. Uh, you do see that more and more, but it was comical because they, they show you the graphics of the production companies at the beginning. There's like eight of those. You're like, okay, okay. And then they pop up individually. I, on the- figure, I was like, geez. Well, I was like, all right, cool. And then the next one, you're like, all right, you know, hey, one or two, no problem. Can we get to the movie? Three, all right. Uh, but finally, after six minutes, the movie itself starts. Uh, we learn that Earth is consumed by wars, famine, and the plague in 2242. As the last spaceship is about to depart, transporting 300,000 Earthlings to New Earth and leave 19 billion poor bastards behind to face extinction on their own. Did that ship look big enough to you to carry 300,000 people? We never got perspective. That was the problem. I'm like, it looks like a big ship, but it doesn't get it. It's not like you saw the little shuttle actually going to the ship and like, you know, getting like right next to it or something. So I was like, when I saw it, I was like, it just kind of looks like a Twinkie with some add ons. (laughs) And I was like, it could be big. It's space. You don't know. There was some budget. Things here that kept us from really getting a good perspective. I'll agree outside, with that. Outside of the perspective, though, I thought the I thought I thought it was fine. I mean, you didn't get a great perspective of the ship, but the opening was kind of fun. It was a little bit of intensity there with them trying yeah, to the, trying the, to shovel through people through. A, a man named Noah and his pregnant girlfriend Haley are two of the lucky ones who've been approved to board the Ark, uh, if you will. They have paperwork certifying that they're plague-free so they can get on board, and they barely make it on board as protesters at the launch site are getting more and more intense and hostile by the minute. As the unruly mob breaks down the security fences and starts to go ballistic, the enormous spacecraft launches. But, of course, we don't get to see that thing launch because they didn't have the money to show it, so boom, it's up in space. There you go. Let's get right to the action. It's just up there suddenly. 
Well, I was also like questioning, like, how are you going to launch a ship that size capable of carrying 300,000 plus people? Man, we're starting 2021 now being just all kinds of critical and stuff. Well, let's just have fun with it. If you can build a ship like that, certainly you should. Yaks, you're saying if you can build a ship like that, you can get rid of the plague? Yes. And or eliminate at least 12 billion of the other people the ship itself up in space it's it's very <laughs> utilitarian. well it's we're very, doing this for the good of humanity red button Beep. it's very utilitarian looking uh it looks kind of like a big toaster oven floating around up there doesn't it or like a radiator i thought it was fine it's like it's it, like i said it's like someone painted a twinkie gray and then glued some spaceship parts to it I, well, I could be wrong, but maybe I was just jonesing for a Twinkie. I don't know. I don't know. It's sad when Tut's the most uh, positive, forward-thinking one of the bunch. What's that, Doc? I said, I'm with Tut. I never gave it a second thought. Okay. It's just have fun. It's a sci-fi I was, shooter. Sober, and maybe that's the problem. I was just sober and eating some popcorn and enjoying it. Never gave the ship or any of that logistical stuff a second thought. I don't think you're meant to if you're watching this movie. I'm not going to apologize for it, Yaks, and neither should you. On the ship, sure. <laughs> on the ship, the USS Hercules, everything is very clearly labeled inside. There's a door that says escape pods, cryo chambers, volatile reactor. You see almost everyone will be put into cryogenic sleep for the length of their six-month journey to Earth, but not before they gather to hear a speech from the gruff and tough Admiral Kiernan Adams played by the usually highly enjoyable Thomas Jane. I shall always have a soft spot for Thomas Jane. I love Deep Blue Sea. I'm not going to apologize for that either. Also plays a detective in one of the greatest sci-fis of the modern era, The Expanse TV show on Amazon Prime. I've not seen The Expanse. He was also one of the Punishers. He was one of Boogie Nights. Todd! He was Todd in Boogie Nights. You, I forgot about that. Introduce her to my lap. Introduce her to my lap. <laughs> Doctor, I'm so glad you said that. It's been so long, and I love, I've love. i seen that movie a million times, but whenever I think of Tom's Jane, I, I just go back to Deep Blue Sea, and I'm like, that poor bastard had to wear that wetsuit for like six months. <laughs> like that thing had to become like glued to his body at a certain point. Uh, he's why it appears in Breach as if he might liquefy at any moment. Mm-hmm. He looked kind of liquid. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I thought. He looked different. Again, uh, I was sober. Weird things happened. That's weird. <laughs> I just thought it was Thomas Jane. I was like, dude, I like this dude. He's I, didn't, very I didn't like his... his uh, he's very shiny. His over-the-top, very generalized, general affection that he was doing. Ladies well, and gentlemen... We're going to get into the cell. He's wearing black leather pants with some black shoulder pads, dark aviator glasses for some reason, though he's inside a dark spaceship, and he's chomping on a giant cigar-shaped vape pen. And he tells his passengers, when you wake up from your long dream, your new lives will begin. Haley walks up to her dad, Admiral Adams, and introduces Noah Oh, you're the son of a bitch. You knocked her up. She's like, no, dad. No, no, no. He, he saved us. He, he's the one that got us safely on board. 
she totally doesn't want uh, her daddy to know that Noah's the father of her baby because he'll do what he does to all stowaways and kick him out the door into space like he does all the other stowaways. Uh, and just like that, Haley is put to sleep in a cryo chamber and Noah reports for his work duties as a janitor on the ship. I did like the I like her little practical joke in the cryo chamber when she was they start the cryo chamber problem. She was like, oh, yeah, she freaks out like she can't breathe and and that, yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> I was uh, just you never see you never see that every time I've, I've I've experienced cryo stuff like in games or whatever. It's all this you know serious somber thing, and then I was like, dude, you know there's got to be some assholes doing that. I like the I like that. Good call, uh, guys. All right, I'll give you that. That that was actually a, a nice little scene. It showed a little humor between the couple. I'll give you that. Um, speaking of revelations with the couple, and real quick with the cigar, I am getting a glorious mineral note now on the retro hail that is completely overshadowing the pepper. It is a really crisp. Uh, there's a mineral note there. There's some uh, pencil shaving kind of sensation there all through the nose, and. The cedar has overtaken that that mild chocolate, and uh, for me, the earthiness is all but gone. I've, I'm getting nothing but a tad of sweetness on the draw with the cedar, and that mineral is just awesome on the draw. You guys getting that? Uh, yeah. Not really getting the mineral for some reason, but I'm definitely getting that cedar coming through there. You think the metallic mineral I'm getting is from that metal screwdriver I shoved up into this thing? <laughs> it could be. Just... Iron shavings broke off left and right. The chocolate, of course, for me, my beer is just like you're ki- you're killing chocolatey. You're killing so, that cigar. I'm still getting that, but that, but the mineral component is the is my second flavor. Right I'm, I man, it's really I love a good mineral, and that is the retro hail right a little before the midway point is it's it's hitting nice. Uh, that that hay cedar, I'm getting none of that right now, but I don't know if that's simply because my beer is overshadowing. Everything. No, I never, I never picked up on that one. Okay. Um, well, right before the ship makes the hyperleap to quantum jump, once most of the passengers are nice and asleep, we see a hooded figure insert something into a terminal and tap some keys, and then a little digital readout says processing and that's it and then it starts like bub- <laughs> we, we go into this thing and we see it bubbling a little bit and that that's it more on that later it was very dark and vague and we didn't really get to see anything but it's a very important part of the story uh the only folks who will be awake for the journey are essential workers like noah some security officers a few doctors and a flask chugging bruce fucking willis who plays a guy named clay and after watching this fucking thing three times, I'm still not sure what his job on the... I think he's a custodial supervisor of some sort. Yeah, yeah. He's been there the whole time. He knows He goes everything. on all these things. I, I think he's like some kind of janitorial manager of some sort. Yeah, I think he's like... It, it, he might actually be part of the military arm, but I think he's just put in charge of like all the janitor stuff or... But watch it's over. one of those things where it's like, you know, he you get the feeling like if this was an actual like sailing vessel... He's the old salt. He's seen her. He's been there the whole time. He's seen everything. And he, most importantly, he's Noah's boss, which when you're the only custodian on board, there's like, do we really need a manager for one dude? 
Yeah, give it to <laughs> give it to Clay. So Bruce Willis is in charge of managing this one janitorial employee. I was waiting. I was waiting for you know Noah to be like, "What do you do? This flask ain't gonna drink itself." <laughs> well, that would see that would have been a good line. They were never really clear, though, on like what a lot of the other people did. I I, I assume Willis had a, a, a supervisory position over the custodians, but yeah, he, he seems to only boss Noah around. But they never really indicated that, you know, because at the beginning when the one captain is saying. I think he mentions there are five janitors. Yeah, that'll question their life decisions. He's yeah. Yeah, yeah we never saw I don't those. See Noah. No. Okay. Oh, and the uh, the re- massive reactor that allows the USS Hercules to travel at such outrageous speeds and distances through time and space is essentially just a bunch of long red glow sticks wrapped together and highly accessible too. Well, no, well you know what I love more than anything else? This is the same effect from the 80s. If you all remember, there was the, the two things that shot the little the neon lights back and forth, but they went this way. But this one is, you know what? As opposed to be horizontal, what if we go vertical? Max, it's not that cool as those things. It's just some red glow sticks. I had no problem up. with this. After seeing that pathetic special effect, I couldn't help but think that the biggest line well, item on this film was Bruce fucking Willis. And if they had actually used that prop, that would have been twice as cool. The reactor yeah. just bang, bang, bang. It's the reactor room. I would have been like, are you fucking kidding me? They dusted that off? How come I'm the sci-fi nerd and I am way more lenient on this film than you guys? It looks like they Cody bought five. Cody, I'll give a pass because he's a sci-fi veteran that watches everything, so I can understand It looks like that. they bought five red lightsabers from Target and stuck them together in the thing, and that was the reaction. Put it, put it on the blinking function. <laughs> never registered with me. Never thought about it. Never gave it a second thought. Look, I, wa- I watch a lot of shitty sci-fi movies. I'm looking for something, anything. That it just will make me suspend the disbelief. And it's when they look through the window into the reactor room, I'm like, really? (laughs) Thank you. You could have have gotten some fucking Christmas lights and just (laughs) racked them around a pole and called it a reactor. Thank you, Yagboy. Dude, this is going to be a Yagboy and uh, Cade versus Tut and Mincy episode. I can Ah. sense it. I I don't like to think of myself as versus anyone, but... That's you right. That's that right. Way. We come together. We have come together. It takes a big man to say that, Doctor. I am not a big man. And speaking of the budget, I'll go ahead and address this right now because it's impossible to ignore as the film rolls along. And you guys cannot fight me on this. They basically created five sets for this film and just reused them over and over again. There's one window which everybody looks out, this huge ship. There's one window that's not even clean. It's like got crap on it that they use to look out in space. There's one general mess hall slash meeting room slash medical bay that they just changed the furniture in to look like something different. There's some space bunk beds they built. And then they build one bathroom, which is crazy filthy, immediately upon takeoff (laughs) that Noah continuously has to scrub over and over again. And then my favorite, the long hallway, which they film at least a thousand scenes in, pretending that it's multiple hallways. Well, 
We'll see people walking down this hallway and they turn and then the camera will cut the other direction. It's like, that's the same hallway that he was just in. They only built one hallway and they just reuse it over and over and over again. I'm just saying, this isn't Ridley Scott's Alien. I get that. But it's also not Stuart Raphael's Ice Pirates either. Like we've seen Roger Ice Pirates had a budget. We've seen Roger Corman movies with better set design than this. Listen, all I would really want to do is see the breakdown of all of these companies. What company paid for this set? We needed 30 companies. Do you know what that hallway cost? I think that was Living in Mom's Basement Productions. (laughs) Tell her harsh. That thing is 40 feet long. That thing is ridiculous. I'm not saying y'all are wrong. I'm just saying none of this, none of these thoughts occurred to me one single time while watching this movie. Same, same. As everyone eats in the mess hall, there's some vaguely interesting conversations about their mission. Some think they'll just buck up New Earth like they did the original planet, that mankind doesn't deserve a second chance as we're just a bunch of intergalactic monkeys. Others, like Clay's good buddy Blue played by Bruce Willis's good buddy Johnny Messner. They don't give a shit. They're just happy they get to keep on living for a little while longer going to this new planet. A hard-as-nails commander named Stanley is running the ship as the Admiral's snoozing for a few months. And I like this guy playing Stanley quite a bit. I thought he played the dickhead military guy to a T, but he he actually had some subtle stuff. I really like this dude playing the... Commander Stanley. Yeah. And I really liked how the Admiral in charge of everything is asleep for the entire trip. <laughs> that don't make any sense, especially if he's paranoid. As the days start to count down, we get to see Noah cleaning the same disgusting crew bathroom floor over and over again. I guess space travel makes everybody shit all over the floors. Well, apparently... Uh, as a floating bright blue Bruce Willis holographic head appears next to him, barking orders at him. I like that, this. That floating Bruce Willis head was my absolute favorite thing in this movie. It was. This 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 part, like I was like, you know what? Hologram Bruce Willis, I can live with this. I was about I to say, this. I was about to say, if y'all were about to shit on hologram Bruce Willis, no little pota- little potato head Bruce Willis just popping up out of nowhere and barking orders. I want I want to create one of those with, of me so when like Tut's making pancakes at his house in the morning I pop up and I'm like barking stuff at him. No, no. Really, peanut butter? You're gonna go there again? <laughs> peanut oh, butter banana. again? Peanut butter and banana? Really? Peanut butter and banana? Really? Come on, kid. <laughs> Come Dude, on, your kid. wife's like your wife's like. How do we get it to go away? We can't. You just put a gun in your mouth. We can't. <laughs> Uh, I'm working. Just be quiet and give me the blueberries. I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, Meanwhile, everyone else on board just seems to be getting shit-faced the entire time. Noah's cleaning bathrooms. Everyone else is getting shit-faced. TNCC style. Sounds like a good gig. What will we be doing for six months? You know what we'll be doing. Uh, There's literally 20-something cutaways to Willis drinking from his flask over and over again. And I'm semi-confident he didn't know the camera was rolling in most of those. <laughs> all right, like, so you're just going to pretend to drink from your mask. Hey, oh, I'm hey, going to pretend all right. Film that. Film that. Look at him over there. 
Yeah. He may have known the camera was rolling. He definitely didn't uh, fill his flask with prop water. Let's just say that. (laughs) Guys, uh, as I get another beer, how is y'all's beer? Yaks, we know your chocolate beer is is really heavily influencing your cigar experience. Uh, Tut, what about you? Man, straightforward, dry stout. I'm I'm digging it. Uh, It's not... It's not fruit fruit flavored. It's not you know sugary sweet syrup. You know it's not crunch enhancer, smack dab delicious. It is just straight up dry stout. Uh, I could see where that would go really well uh, with a beer. What I'm gonna start doing on our beloved episode pages, which I've never done, but it's a new year, new things. Right. I'm actually I'm actually gonna take all of our beer notes and recommend at the end because we drink different styles of beer now what we think you know beer kind of went best with it so if someone's smoking this cigar they can if they're thinking about a stout they're thinking a russian stout they're thinking about an ipa you know they can hey this is the beer that worked best for this is the winning beer of the night and i promise i'm not always going to pick my beer i promise yeah Uh, but now now you now you're going to have to set some set some expectations because there's two types of beer pairing there's the beer pairing that gets out of the way of the cigar, and then there's the beer pairing that yeah. modifies well, no, and plays with the cigar. No, no, and that and that's going to be that would always be the winner. A beer that enhances your cigar experience would clearly always win. If none of those beers do it, the winner would be the beer that just didn't hurt the cigar. But if one of us gets a beer that's like this beer is complementing the cigar so well. And it's it's adding to what the cigar has, and it, it's also bringing its own thing. Okay, there you go. Uh-huh. So, we'll we'll address that at the end of the show. We'll make a we'll make a determination. Yeah, new, on year, new year, let's run with it. My uh, my IPA is get you good and fucked up. Yeah, my IPA is actually uh, staying way out of the way of the the cigar, but the the extra maltiness is playing really well uh, with the the chocolate and the. I'm glad I'm kind of went away from the stout thing because i'm really getting the chocolate and the sweetness from the cigar itself i think that's gonna i think that's probably going to edge out my dry stout because my dry stout's more of a separate taste it's not it's not impacting the cigar at all but it's completely different profile and it's like it's almost in a different lane from the cigar which is good too Mm um okay well before we know it the journey is halfway over Noah looks down at his sleeping girlfriend's uh, face in her cryo chamber and he smiles. We're going to make it, baby. We're going to make it. Am I the only one who thought the actor playing Noah, who gets top billing in this movie over Bruce Willis, Cody Kearsley, was a total plank in this? He had zero charisma and there's nothing likable whatsoever about this guy. Uh, I disagree with the not nothing likable whatsoever, but he was very stiff. He, was, he has no screen. He has he no screen stiff. presence. No screen presence whatsoever. I guess he's on that Riverdale show. That's what his claim to fame is. Which one was he? Which one was he in Riverdale? He's a regular. He's been on there uh, a couple se- seasons. It's not Archie, is he? No. Okay. It, it was one of those other. Not Jughead, but another weird name guy. Okay. Uh, I'll agree with you. He, he was bland. He didn't. He didn't give anything. Yeah. Um. Uh, there is a very funny scene though when Noah threatens to report some of the guys including Clay, Bruce Willis to Commander Stanley he sees them stealing jet fuel like really 
sneakily uh, in an attempt to... He, he reports them. He thinks they're attempting to blow up the ship by making a bomb with his jet fuel. And it turns out uh, they're just making moonshine. But it's a very it's a very tense scene where they, they grab him and even the do- the chick doctors come in there and like he knows too much. And they put some in a glass and make him drink it. He's like, ah! like, oh, you guys are just getting fucked up. He's like, yeah, it's moon. It's, and, that's, uh, and, they, and that's where I'm like, dude, do you need to really kind of think back on your acting on your acting deal? Because uh, you've just had straight from the barrel moonshine and you didn't react to it whatsoever other than like, oh, it's moonshine. And then, like, 30 seconds later, he takes another sip, and he's like, Yeah, she pours half a glass down his mouth. And it's not just moonshine. It's moonshine made with rocket fuel, and we'll learn later a incredibly powerful toilet cleaner. But uh, more on that later. I thought it was a funny scene, though. It was very funny. I liked it. Um, and so after that scene, Noah starts getting wasted with the rest of them. Why there not? you go. Bring it in. I love uh, one drunk crew guy when they're all sitting around drinking. New Earth. They paid an ad agency to come up with that name. I could have come up with that shit. It's like they, the government paid someone to come up with a name for this planet. How about New Earth? Oh, right there. Focus group says yes. We find people like New Earth. <laughs> oh, no, but that's actually... Typical. You would. You would. Oh no! Yes. What should we call it? We just paid this company twenty million dollars. What did they come up with? New Earth. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. You just paid twenty million dollars. You're gonna. Of course, you're gonna agree with that. No, 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 no. It's so retro. It's like the old days when they had discovered America. There was New York. <laughs> there was like all this stuff. The only other serious option we had was suggested by the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. And who wants to move to Uranus too? <laughs> Oddly enough, that came in second in the hashtag trend. Uh, you own a marketing agency. What would you have called it? Earth 2. You would have got the gig. There you go. 2.0 to make it sound techie. And I just find it ridiculous that in this world that we saw that was that was ravaged by plague and famine and everybody's rioting and stuff, there's dudes showing up to work in an ad agency? Well, gotta, the riots are happening the over bills, there. Man. It's, like running, it's, like, it's like running man. The suits still show up in their fancy clothes. Look, Everything's, everything was great in Cadre Cola Tower. Yeah, all right. That actually does track. Back to those bathrooms. It turns out that the shit stains on the ground are so bad seeing as how no one can aim their asses over the toilet in space, that Does Clay... Did t- really say it was shit? I mean, I thought it was just dirty. They don't ever really point out that it's fecal matter. Well, what else are they doing in there except pissing and shitting? Well, I mean, we don't know how much dust accumulates in a modern-day space freighter. It could be really rusty. It's- I got the feeling these things made one trip. This, this, the USS Hercules isn't a shuttle going back and forth. This is a one trip. Listen, you don't know that. That much dehydrated ice cream, it just goes everywhere. (laughs) Just, oh. MRE shits, yes? Worse than that. All right. Remember Afghanistan? Trying to forget. 
All right. Look at this Willis. He's just he's drinking his, well, his jet well, moonshine. Hey, hey, floating floating bright blue holographic Bruce Willis head tells Noah, you got to use that highly corrosive cleaner called Moxicil in the cleaning room. This shit is so powerful that Noah drops it over. It burns straight through a steel table. It's like the it is literally the it is the xenomorph blood. It just eats through everything. <laughs> it's it. like looking down through the hole well, as it burns outside the space. You are supposed to just put one drop per gallon of water. But dude, this stuff is so strong. That's well, my the, question is, is like he he puts two drops per gallon. He puts his hand in the bucket. He's gonna have like just a skeleton hand. Yeah, no, he he stops himself. He thinks about it. He's like, eh, eh. <laughs> Yaks is moxicil that strongest shit stuff. Is that what you guys use at O'Brien's Irish Pub the day after St. Patty's Day to get those bathrooms back in order? I wish I could get some of this stuff if it can burn through ship plating. And, and the funny thing is, we saw it burn through a steel table. Willis is adding this shit to the jet fuel in the moonshine he's drinking constantly. I want to drink some of that shit. <laughs> it adds notes of citrus. <laughs> I thought about tonight for my pairing, just getting a pint glass and putting some lawnmower gasoline and you know some Lysol in there and seeing what I could do. But according to Trump, I would be cured from COVID if I ever got it. I think he'd probably be dead within 30 minutes, but what do I know? See, our doctor tells the truth. You're a doctor. You know a lot of things. I'm not sure I know much of anything anymore. Uh, Well, as Noah goes about about it. Into the second third, right about the midpoint. Yeah. Uh, So I've got got a bit more of that coffee flavor flavor coming in, but that could be the beer. Uh, But there's a sweetness like a – Almost a little Graham kicking through there, uh, which I thought that's pretty. That's pretty nice. Second, third, hold up your cigar. You're about yeah. You're about right where I am. Uh, you're getting a little Graham on the draw mm-hmm. with with the chocolate. I'm not really getting a lot of chocolate. There's still a little sweetness, but for some reason mine's manifesting as Graham. Hey, did you get some kind of new fancy pants lighter there? No, I've had this one, buddy. I I, uh, it. This is what they used uh, when Yax and I were at Cigar Safari. And, the Tusk. Uh, it's called the Tusk. And I believe it's actually it's a Jetline uh, product. I believe it's discontinued. Um, <laughs> and it, Due yeah, to it's... the complaints and advisories they had to put out on it. Yes, do not use this as a Mariloid. Uh I was going to say, it's got a unique shape. Works like a charm, though. Man, I'm not getting the gram, Chud. I'm still, I'm still getting that really great huh. mineral, mineral and pepper on the draw. I wonder if that's and, the beer. Uh, I wonder if that's the beer coming through then. And I'm getting, and I'm just getting that cedar and that that cocoa and and sweetness on the yeah on the... i'm still getting tons of that sweet the cedar coming through but i've got a sweetness i've got a sweetness that's transitioning into graham it's tasty it i'm really be, glad I, the bear i'm really glad i got it burning what about you are yaks are you getting graham cracker chocolate mineral what do you get the mineral very much so in terms but my my the, beer is overpowering mm-hmm. so any just, sweetness is basically I, made as chocolate 
I'll just stop talking to you about the cigar. <laughs> I wish I could do more, but my 10.6% ABV Russian Imperial Stout. I'm going to stop talking to you altogether. <laughs> what are you getting from the cigar, Yax? Chocolate. Lots of chocolate. Chocolate and a lot of really dark shit from my childhood. <laughs> no more Russian Stouts for him. Oh. Uh... Where was I? I'm just going to pour this into a flask next time. So yes. that way I can. Uh, little uh, Put in a splash of uh, matzo There you go. Basically, uh, it's laundry detergent and some gasoline. I just want to hey. know like, if, if that thing eats through steel hall plating, what are you dipping and measuring this out with? One drop. What is the syringe like that can hold that stuff? What? Dude, you can't put it in a plastic bucket. It would melt that. Well, what is? Well, here's my question: Is like, why are you building the ship out of steel? Why are you building the ship out of steel? You should be building it out of the plastic that holds this chemical, because apparently it can stop everything. <laughs> but did you not know that moxicil replaced olive oil in the Mediterranean diet? Oh, makes a lot of sense. Make you crap like a goose. Allegedly. <laughs> well, as Noah goes about his custodial duties, he loathes the words enchilada night in the mess hall. Uh, everyone else continues power drinking 24-7. No wonder they all have beer shits and are pissing all over the place. They're, God, they're sloshed all the time. I can't even figure out what what space enchilada night would do to space bathroom. I just know if they give, if they give me the choice, either go in cryogenic sleep for six months or party with these assholes. I think I'm partying with these assholes for six months. I think so too. As long as I and, don't have to wash that bathroom. But you have to clean up Willis's space dookie every night, so that's something to consider. My only my only thought here is, God forbid something actually happened on the ship. The doctors, the engineers, the security guys are all fucked up. They couldn't do anything about it. Man, and there's one, there's one scene where, the, where Commander Stanley's watching them on a security monitor, drinking and getting shit-faced. Like, his little sidekick's like, we could confiscate their booze. And he's like, eh. yes. Like, yes. If we do that, we'll have a mutiny on our hand, kid. Yeah, they would kill Stanley. They would tear his limbs off and beat the other guy to death with him if they... He's like, uh, they're they're cleaning the shit up. Just let them keep drinking. <laughs> Somebody's got to clean these bathrooms, Stanley. <laughs> you want to clean space bathrooms? I didn't think so. <laughs> well, as everyone's doing their own thing, we start to see an alien point of view watching them from different corners of the room. They're not alone, boys. They're not alone. They're not alone. My wife's been like, man, you've really kind of gotten a little bit of your zen back listening to Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have. Oh, by the way, there's another interesting book that I saw was recently published. Uh, it's called All Right, All Right, All Right. Yeah. And it's a 400-page oral history of the making of Dazed and Confused. And it's got... Pretty much, I just read a synopsis and saw something. It's pretty much got everybody contributing to it from interviews and stuff. Okay, I'd like to check that out. Everybody from, you know, 
Oh, almost everyone. I think the guy said like the the guy who wrote it said he couldn't get a hold of like Mila Jovovich and like one other person. But yeah. Otherwise, Affleck, Jason London, everybody, uh, you know, was interviewed about it and had quotes and everything about all of it. Well, I remember there was a uh, if I remember the timeline correctly. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a doctor from my archives here this book came out when the movie came out doctor when we used to do a drive into austin to book stop yes uh i picked this up it is the uh celebration of the hit movie compiled by richard linklater and dude it is full of all sorts of cool shit from the movie it is not like what you were describing doctor it's not a but i mean it's got like their yearbook photos it's got uh I read this thing. I, I just love that movie so much. I just uh, remember, I, I think. At I'll, the pick up, I'll pick up that one you were talking about, Doctor. I think the timeline matched up, but I remember, like, when he was telling the story about going to Africa, uh, he was, you know, on one of his walkabouts, uh, chasing down a dream type thing. And uh, I remember a young Cade went out to Hollywood to meet Mr. McConaughey. Uh, it and, did. And they told him that he was in Africa. He was at a, he was in Africa. He pulled a last minute trip to Africa. Who knows if he had been, if he had made that meeting in Los Angeles and read my script. Who knows if I'd be sitting here with you guys today? Yeah, it's weird because he talked about having a dream. He he was literally chasing a dream. He had this dream and he uh... he he told that story on Howard Stern and he had to he had to fulfill the dream. This would have been. Uh, after graduation day, this would have been 2000, between 2005 and 2000, about 2004, 2005, maybe. Yeah, I think the timelines match. Maybe that's when he, we thought he was full of shit. We thought his manager, Gus, was just blowing us off. Oh, he went to Africa. <laughs> He's like, he was so apologetic. Like, I'm so sorry. He just got on a plane to Africa out of nowhere. We're like, yeah, all right, whatever. I ended up getting drunk in a Holiday Inn on fucking Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> oh, it was it was a it was a it was a terrible, terrible trip. But he but he sent me a, a very nice autographed headshot. It says Cade, just keep on living, Matthew McConaughey. It hangs it hangs up here probably in the corner of my home. <laughs> well, it's best not to spend time thinking about what could have been. <laughs> nah, man. 2021. I got my Zen back. Yes, yes. Crying is for the weak. No, it's not for the weak. Uh, no, no. Of course not. It's okay to cry. I don't know why I said that. Drinking is for the strong. Good. I've been doing both every day. You're covered. <laughs> A well-rounded man in touch with his emotions. Sure enough, one of the engineers, Shady, soon kicks over his beer before he, he's going to sleep. Of course, he's taking his beer with him because they're all drunks. And an alien slug slithers its way into the bottle. He yeah. drinks it down. He drinks it up down anyway, despite it tasting weird and sluggish. Like Can't there's a big slug. This wasn't a little slug either. <laughs> this is like he a down like that was kind of weird. Well, I better drink the rest of this. This Can't is like a mezcal worm on steroids. Us style. <laughs> There's only so many beers on board. You gotta make make them work. 
Doctor, it reminded me when we drank those uh, way expired George Killian beers years ago, and they were just full of chunky, mysterious things. And we were like, dude, we were kids. We're like, well, we got to drink it. How was your beer? It was a little bit here. How's that third testicle treating you these days? It's fine. We have conversations. Okay. Yeah, I, I knew. I started talking to you that night. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, never shut up since Jesus uh, and next thing you know guess what Shady's flipping the fuck out he flips out so much that he spontaneously explodes and when he does the alien slug flies out of him and shoots right into Blue's mouth doctor in your professional opinion is there any way that Shady might recover from his entire torso exploding all over the engineering room I'm afraid it's far too early to tell. We are, after all, in outer space. That changes everything, am I right? Hmm. It changes everything. It changes everything, anything and everything, Mr. Cade. If you'd said anything different, I would question you, Doctor. You proved your merit tonight. Well done. You are our Dr. Fauci. Oh, God, please don't say that. I respect Dr. Fauci. I believe, you, I believe him and I believe you. Oh, it just makes me sound like I'm old. Oh no 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 no! I just meant a, a trust. A like, 80, trust. like eighty years old. I don't. Want to... No no no! I, I, not in your appearance. Your your trustworthy voice. Your knowledge. Uh, <laughs> that testicle is going to start talking about me now, isn't it? I have methods for dealing with him. <laughs> so we spend a little more time with the doctors and custodians as as they all get hammered on torpedo clay's cosmic moonshine. Dude, get this quote. They're just sitting around getting drunk. One day you're young and have the world at your feet, and the next you're, well, whatever the fuck we are, says Dr. Chambers between sips. I'll admit that line kind of hit a little close to home. So did I, but she was, what, 30-something? Well, no, I just think we've said that line, like, when the show's over and we just, like, talk about our real feelings. Someone said that before. Uh, well, I like how none of them can, well, you know, minus what they're doing right now, none of them are questioning the fact that we just left our 19 billion fellow earthlings to no, die. You gotta, you can't take that up there with you, Yax. You gotta, you gotta just focus on what's ahead. You can't, you can't dwell on it. Just work the job. Work the job, Yax. Work the job. Where are we at in our lives, Yax? Well, apparently we've left 19 billion. No, 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 us. Us four. Oh, no, I'm not getting into that. Good night. <laughs> no, 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 doctor. I'll, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Man, I don't, I don't know about you guys. Talk. I'm in my prime. I'm going to need something a like, lot. I don't come here for that shit. Yaks, you pour another Russian Imperial Stout. Did you guys recognize the actors? No. Uh, oh, yes, Rachel Nichols, who was in one of the G.I. Joe movies. She's Scarlet from the G.I. Joe movies. She was the hot Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. Never, I, I, I looked her up, but I never would have made that connection. I saw her, and I thought, she looks familiar, but yeah. there were so many other things in this movie that just occupied my mind, like, <laughs> that it made no sense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can understand, like, yes, you just left 19, you just left 19 billion people to die. You're the last shuttle out. 
Close the door. Turn off the lights. We're done. Fuck y'all, people. It sucks. No to wonder be you. they're getting shit faced. Yeah, I mean, it would. It, it does make sense. You you would have to have a certain amount of inebriation to to kind of, I guess, block that aspect of it out. I, now, are you guys happy? Now, Yax is digging into the philosophy of the film a little bit. It's I don't working. do survivor's guilt. Well, old alien possessed blue starts killing fellow crew members in that hallway you know that hallway the only hallway they they the hallway as the blood shark the bloodshed the blood sharks kind of i was thinking about that I, I was thinking about that bathroom <laughs> i think i can get a little bit out oh shit the bloodshed starts to spill and spill quickly so commander stanley instructs everybody to start searching for him and they search that hallway over and over again we see some guys coming down the hallway this way. Some guys coming down that exact same hallway this way. Same fucking hallway, just different angles. They finally find Blue trying to break his way. I guess it's like a welding gun or something, right, Yax? It is. That, that thing, it's got like a it's welding gun. It's just a gun. really big cigar lighter that... <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of like this. <laughs> He's trying to break his way into the Admiral's cryo chamber with this, this welding gun just up and down the, the lock mechanism. When they confront him, Blue flies through the air like a normal human being cannot and rips out the neck of one of the security officers and eats it before Stanley and his second-in-command, Teak, uh, fill him full of bullets from their toy guns. Seriously. Guns, this- why are the guns blue? Those fucking guns look so fake. They look like toy. No, nerf they're, they're they're like real guns, but why are they blue? They look. I mean, like they out of all military, no military would paint their guns blue. And the sad thing is, it's a real tuts, gun, but they make it look like a Nerf gun. Tuts acting so exasperated by our conversation, but if this was a horror movie and not a sci-fi movie, he would be picking this fucking thing apart <laughs> like a vulture on a set of bones on the side of the road. The fact that it's in space, he's given this thing so many passes because he's on a sci-fi kick, which is why I picked this movie, by the way. You were really into sci-fi movies. I thought I would scratch that itch for you. But you are giving this thing way too much pass, and I'm going to let it go. But still, dude, those guns look like fucking toy guns. I had fun with it. I didn't care, man. Just shoot them up. Pew, 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 pew. They weren't laser guns either. They were firing bullets. Anyway. How about this? So, like, okay. I agree. They kind of look like something you'd see if you're playing laser tag. I just didn't care. I, I don't care. Like I didn't have any. I didn't come into this with expectations. I didn't come into this to pick anything apart. I, I just. I, they, they, the guns. The guns look kind of childish, but like I didn't expect anything. I didn't care. It didn't. I didn't bother me. I, in I, I didn't come into this thing to pick anything apart. I, I just came in to watch a film, and these are my thoughts. I would be remiss if I didn't share them. I'm not complaining that you're sharing your thoughts. <laughs> a lot of things jumped out at me uh, for a Bruce Willis movie that I, I thought they could do better. In the morgue, Dr. Chambers deducts that something cellular, unknown to man, is dissolving blue from the inside out. She's never seen anything like it before. Our guns blue- on the $500 projection was pretty accurate. Blue's body cavity is just filled with a pitch black ooze that's not even carbon based like us. It's alien. 
Doctor, have you ever seen something do that to a man's insides other than all the gallons of Maker's Mark we drank at a Cat's Cigar Festival years ago? That did it, yes. That was that was actually had the same similar effect. <laughs> we were flying through the air, and our insides were completely dissolved, correct? My skin turned blue, I believe, yes. <laughs> y'all did have those blue veins coming up through your neck. It was- I ended up at oh, a down- y'all Y'all did? I like how he takes himself out of the equation. I, I was I was the sober companion. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. I was just talking with some bat costume person. The only problem here, which I can't wrap my head around even in a bad movie, is that despite all hell now breaking loose aboard the ship, the Admiral, the legend on Earth, Admiral Adams has made it impossible for his crew to wake him up from his comfy slumber to deal with any of this shit. Like, there's not like a button they can push and be like, all right, shit's getting bad. We better wake up the boss. Nope. I'm in charge. Nothing passes. See you in six months. What the? It didn't make any sense, especially. I rule this vessel with an iron. I rule this vessel with an iron fist, but don't even think about waking me up till we get there. That was crazy. But from a leadership style, that was Cade style. (laughs) I loathe to be in charge of a lot of shit and be able to sleep. Uh. Before Commander Stanley can toss the prime suspect stowaway Noah out the airlock, it's revealed that Noah forged his papers to get on board to be with his pregnant girlfriend, Haley. He's not even supposed to be there. And when they find that out, he's the immediate suspect on who maybe brought this alien on board. But suddenly the dead corpses in the morgue all rise up and start attacking everybody, ripping hardcore Stanley's heart clean out of his chest. And these fuckers don't even go down with 100 rounds put into them from the blue guns. And naturally, or unnaturally, zombie alien Commander Stanley rises up, his heart missing, and goes and unlocks... He had locked everyone in their quarters when this shit started, and unlocks all their rooms so they can infect them and join their undead alien rebellion. Shit's about to get messy fast, boys. You know what's never messy? What's never messy? That's right, Tut. The clean burn line and smooth smoking experience that one gets from puffing on a cigar from our friends over at Drew Estate. Oh, yeah. Crafted by level nine Cuban rollers at the famed El Titan de Bronze on Calle Ocho, the Herrera Steli Miami line is expertly rolled with a lavish Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper over a rich Ecuadorian Sumatran binder with select fillers from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. The new look of Herrera Steli Miami features a rich black and gold package, and it's available in five distinct sizes. I smoked the cigar many times and is truly one of Willie Herrera's masterpieces. So jump in your car or jump online right now and get your hands on some. What are you waiting for? Do it now. We'll wait. I totally agree. It's a good cigar. No, we'll, we'll wait. You Go get you one of those cigars. Oh, we're All really right. waiting. You know what? Hit pause on the podcast. Go get you something. Hit on pause. We'll do that. Okay. D- uh, are you done with your cigar? Uh, I'm in the final third of it. Ooh. I have not got your gram. I just got the 
Really nice mineral. The mineral was actually kind of down uh, played itself a little bit in the final third. I'm getting more of the pepper back. Um, the chocolate and sweetness has uh, been joined again by the earth and the cedar on the draw. Things kind of come full circle. Those things are kind of dialing down. Now it's more earthy and cedary on the final. It's kind of st- it's finishing where it started. Earth cedar on the draw, pepper on the on the retro. What'd you, you? Say that, what'd you say that was? That was Jalapa on the inside of that thing? Uh, binder filler. Uh, uh, I, I did not say. I said it, it's a Dominican binder, but it's it's undisclosed Nicaraguan uh, filler. Uh, okay, because that sweetness is reminding me of the Nicaraguan uh, Jalapa or whatever. Okay. So that's... I'm getting that. My, my cedar's still there. Uh, it's transitioning a little bit, almost... Not like a straight up cedar, but it's like a it's like a woodsy funk. Uh, but a woodsy funk, a woodsy funk, almost like <laughs> almost like leather, but I can't really say it's a full blown leather. I believe that uh, was Terry Funk, Terry Funk's first wife, woodsy <laughs> woodsy funk. <laughs> oh yeah, and, uh, <laughs> Terry. Uh, yeah, there's uh, there's still some chocolate present, and I got to know that the the chocolate from this is the cigar, not not the beer, because my beer's more coffee. I'm still getting a bit of coffee, but I, I can't tell whether that's the beer or the cigar. That's your that, that's your beer. That's the beer. Okay. Uh, Yax, cedar, woodsy, earthy, mineral. You getting all that stuff? I am. Sound about right. It does. Are you it's ready a- to talk? It's a pleasant, pleasant freaking retro. It really is, and it's had it's had some nice transitions, especially from that first to that middle section. Yeah, it's um, even picking up a little bit of strength for me, so I'm kind of happy about that. It actually the the final third is an upkick in strength. It's it's gone from a a, a, a subtle medium to yeah. me, medium full here in the end. Uh, so yeah, you guys want to talk price point? Yes. Let's hit it. Dut. What you got? Okay, let's see. For Tello, it's a special shout out to Discovery. Uh, I will go uh, eleven even. Nah, they never do eleven even. Eleven ten. Eleven ten. You know what, Doctor? You didn't smoke the cigar, but you heard us talking about it. What do you think this cigar cost? Well, uh, hmm, probably gonna undercut Tut a little bit. I'm gonna, hmm, oh no, eleven ten sounds pretty good. I'll go ten ten. Okay. Ten ten. All right. Keep in mind, this is robusto that's going on an hour and fifty three minutes. Yeah, it's 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 going great. Yak boy. Now, granted, the first fifteen minutes, I couldn't get a puff on this thing, but yeah. Yeah, they're right there. You know what? I don't know where else to go. You're gonna go 1009, aren't you? <laughs> I'll go 1050. MSRP on this bad boy is 1050. Oh, Yak Boy nailed it. I am the greatest. Yak Boy, do you want the cash prize or what's in the box? The box, the box. The box. I always go with the box. Uh, that's you a good, can. That's that, a good price on this thing. Yeah, and it's I looked a up. It's a two-hour freaking robusto. 
And I looked online. We actually got these from Famous Smoke Shop, uh, one of our uh, prized advertisers. And you can actually find these online for a little under ten bucks most places. A little, uh, you know, nine nine fifty and nine fifty plus. And please remember, when purchasing some fine Fratello cigars from Famous Smoke Shop, uh, or some other cigars, if you like something else, uh, use your new favorite promo code TNCC20 at checkout, where it will knock $20 off your purchase of $100 or more. That's 20%. Man, go go to go to our website, click that Famous Smoke Shop banner, get you a, a fiver of the Herrera Stelli, uh Miami gets you a fiver of the discovery, and you know it'll be all good. Actually, you'll probably uh, need to get two fivers of each, but you know. Yeah. Given the props you guys gave it and the duration, it sounds like a pretty awesome value. Yeah, it, it is, and it's, I, it's not it's not overpriced at all. And honestly, I've smoked quite a few Fratello cigars, and this is the first one I had a, a draw problem with, so I'm going to chalk that up to it's a man-made. I didn't have product. a problem with it at all. I'm not, I'm not going to write uh, Omar DeFrius a letter uh, complaining or post it on Facebook bitching about my draw. Um, it happens, and I fixed it, and it works fine now. Um, yeah, he makes good cigars, and I really like this one. Um, so go seek it out, and I'm going to say pair it either with a coffee-heavy Dry stout. I think it sounds like that worked really well with Tut tonight. The coffee stayed out of the way of all the natural flavors from the cigar. Or also a malt heavy, uh, low, you know, 60 ish, uh, imperial IPA. Because this beer has completely stayed in its own lane. And, uh, but the crispness and the malts have just, it's been a nice flavor, uh, journey tonight. With yeah, both. I was thinking like split the difference. Uh, I like the malt. I think I want to try the malt presence because I think you. I think, yeah, I think that that's going to sound pretty good. Uh, I could also see it going with a cream style stout, uh, something more creamy like a Guinness. That would be a pretty. Boddington's. Boddington's would be good. Oh, yeah. uh, Boddington's, yeah. good call. Yeah. Well, I'm only a world-renowned beer expert, you guys. I don't know if you got the memo. Yeah, back in 2019, and they're no longer around. Uh, the website that declared me that is currently under construction. They'll be back. <laughs> as soon as I can pay my web hosting services. It was my website all along. <laughs> I wrote that. I'm a fraud. Uh, it's called guerrilla marketing, man. Guerrilla marketing. There you go. Okay. Uh, well, if you get anything in the nub of the cigar at the very end, let me know. But otherwise, uh, yeah, it was a cool, it was a cool little cigar. Well, Dr. Chambers, Teak, Noah, and Bruce Willis, now armed with a flamethrower, flame which they happen to have on board for some reason. Why not? Start, start <laughs> doing their best to wipe out the possessed crew. But even Clay's CGI flamethrower doesn't do much to stop these intergalactic fucks, does it, Yaks? It does not. Nothing stops thing. these guys. So the team makes their way up and down that hallway over and over again, shooting and torching ghouls over and over again. I love how even the ship's fire alarms triggering on and filling the USS Hercules with fire retardant dust doesn't trigger something to wake the Admiral up. <laughs> Seems like that should wake him up. Like the the ship is on fire. Nope. <laughs> 
Is his there might be some subroutine programmed into that. You know, his cryogenic snooze fest is impenetrable. Uh, that's real power. That's real power. Man, at this point, when things are going crazy, I'd like to be that one security officer who wishes them good luck and heads to the clearly labeled escape pods. Even knowing damn well they're so far out in space, he has nowhere to escape to. I was going to say, where are you going? He's like, hey, anything's better than this. So he gets an escape pod, just takes off. I'd rather die uneaten out in space than eaten here in the ship. Only I'd be taking a tub of uh, Torpedo Clay's (laughs) Cosmic Moonshine with me. If I'm going to die up in space, I want to die drunk. Right, Doctor? Did, but didn't somebody do that? Didn't didn't one of the people jump in the escape pod? Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. One of the guy, the security guys, he okay. did. Even though he had nowhere to escape to, because they were so far out in space, he was like, "Anything's better than this." But then the joke was on him because one of those zombies actually got on the ship and ate him. I'm sorry. I thought I thought you'd said like, "What if?" I, I didn't. Yeah. No, I said I would be that guy. Oh would, yeah, me too. I would totally be that guy. Oh, and if you're wondering why that dude was such a terrible actor, he was one of the co-writers of the film. They they gave him a little role in the film and yeah, just saying maybe that's not the best idea in a Bruce Willis movie. Our remaining heroes hunker down in the security bay as the alien zombies attempt to beat down the door. Doctor Chambers says she can't figure out how to kill them if she doesn't know what they're made of, so she offers up this game plan. Well, we had a good run, not bad for a bunch of drunks. Noah, who wants to live, fires back. So we're just going to sit here and wait to get torn apart? To which she says, no. We're going to get drunk and wait for them to tear us apart. TNCC style. No offense, doctor, but I really like this doctor, too. Yeah, I I, I prescribed her methodologies. Well, Noah has a pregnant girlfriend to save. So desperate, he sees an air vent on the ground. And with Clay's floating holographic smarmy blue head navigating him, he can crawl his way to the Admiral's cryo chamber, wake him up, and the Admiral, USA hero, can help save them all. But I also, once again, I question the validity. Huh. The impenetrable door, but let us make an air vent that a human being can get through. I'll be honest, Yax, at this point, all I was thinking was how badly I wanted that floating Bruce Willis head in my life. <laughs> and, mo- and more importantly, how much I wanted my floating blue head to be in Tut's house at all hours of the day. <laughs> oh, I, want that, I want that so bad. Where are the space slugs that eat people? Can I, can I get one of those over here? Nope. Right. Did y'all notice, though, that the air vent was located on, on the floor, on the ground level? And when he took it off and started crawling through it, it was above everybody. The zombies that are pounding the door heard him up on top of them. It made no sense whatsoever. I know I'm reading way too much into things, but that was a glaring error. Once Noah breaks into the cryo chamber and wakes up Admiral Adams, wounded security officer Teak starts talking back in the security bay. I'm so sorry. I got to tell you guys something. I'm so sorry. He reveals that it was him that brought the alien on board. Despite the 300,000 people on the ship headed towards a new beginning, he and the Rebellion don't think that mankind deserves another shot. 
Mankind had its chance, he says. We can't keep destroying everything we touch. He sees man for the parasite that it is. I guess he kind of has a point, but he's still an asshole, right? Tut? Well, yes, he's definitely an asshole, but... Okay. I mean, just... Come on. Death cult? Eh, fuck that shit. When Doc Chambers and Clay ask him what the mysterious entity is, did they create it in a lab? Did they bring it here from another planet, another universe? Teak simply says, maybe it was here from before the universe. That's total bullshit. If I'm going to watch this goddamn movie, then you're kind of responsible as storytellers. Maybe not to tell, maybe not to tell me exactly what this fucking thing is, but you have to tell me how the rebellion got it. He put like a CD into a disk drive and it turned into a gooey, shape-shifting alien you gotta explain a little bit meh well apparently the third production company didn't have to say anything I'm pointing at Tut Square I give up on this dude it's such a huge thing where did they get it did they get it in outer space did they make it in a lab maybe it was here without labs it's a a 70 year old Bruce Willis Netflix movie Give us something, man. I deserved answers. They did give you something. They gave you Bruce Willis in a blue glowy floaty head. I like the action. That was awesome. But there's components that they need to answer. What if what if he said, Hey, somebody gave it to us who believed in our cause, we didn't ask questions? I'd be okay with that. I just want to know how how they got it. And how they got it onto a CD that he could put into a computer and it turned into a slug. I like the axis theory that the third of the nine production companies was responsible for the budget in that scene. They, just couldn't, they couldn't come up with a story. That was- boy, hey, boy fishing in a river productions. You're in charge of the alien. What do you got? I uh, just do this. Just, just, just say that it came from before the universe. Okay, so we're all taking a pretty big uh, leap of faith here. You guys aren't doing shit. Look, at least the seventh production company came up with that bathroom cleaner and it does everything. <laughs> Moxicil Productions. <laughs> Someday you guys are going to love us. It's gonna, We're going to take care of everything. Well, the world famous Admiral Adams, as he kind of rubs the sleepies oh out of goodness. his eyes and, drink, and drinks his coffee, he knows just how to handle things. Kill them all. Well, I love how he also kept his fucking murder team like right next to him in cryo sleep. He wakes up, Yaks, his murder team, and it's time to blast these alien mofos and then flush them out of the airbags like a bunch of stinky turds. There you go. Sounds sounds easy enough, right? Literally. You send out the murder team and should we shoot them? You're their fucking murder team. You should be, like, killing anything that walks. Well, get this, and I'm going to get back to this murder team in a minute. He also reveals, Admiral Adams, that Clay was once a warrior like him. He trained with Admiral Adams in the art of orbital warfare before he got kicked out for refusing to shoot on protesters during the EOS riots. Ben Richards style. I will not fire on innocent people who just want their food. Dude. Clay is Ben Richards. Yeah. 
So Adams feels solid when he re-enlists Willis back into combat duty. And he'll need Bruno for certain because all of the murder team he recently thought out look like a bunch of heavily bearded hipster dweebs. Dude, they got like those shit in their ears, these long fucking beards. They don't look like killers. They don't look like they're a bunch of hipsters. They're cosplayers. Well, of course they are because the minute they literally like go out go out into the hallway – the first person they see, they don't just blast him into, like, spaghetti sauce. Do we shoot this guy? No, no, no. We'll Aren't get you the that. murder team? They're yeah, a well-trained we'll... murder team. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, so Noah, Admiral Adams, his men, and their toy laser guns make their way down that hallway towards the security bay and unleash holy hell on the alien zombies. But for some reason... Despite knowing the exact threat, they talk to Teak on the radios. They talk to Noah. The military genius, Admiral Adams, lets the zombies walk towards them till they're like five feet away rather than just mowing them down from down the hallway. So they kill like half the Admiral's team. It's bloodshed everywhere. But I did like this. I'm going to say something nice finally about this movie. The murder team has laser guns. Pew, pew, pew. Holding out on us this whole time. Pew, pew, pew. They don't have machine guns. They got fucking laser guns. And when they shoot the zombies, their limbs are falling off. That's cool. But a ton of unnecessary casualties. If they just got around that corner and just killed them all, but they just let them keep creeping up on them. Whatever. During the fight. Our blood, his glory. During the fight, Noah discovers that the moxicil cleaner that they've all been drinking in their moonshine, you know, the stuff that can melt still tables, it will kill the alien. It's one of the only thing that will kill the aliens. So that's some handy knowledge to have. Admiral Adams gets cornered by the horde and he detonates a hand grenade, blowing them all and him to smithereens. But the other thing I can figure out is... Little Haley, I think she'll be all right. They should be ans- they should also be asking the question is why haven't the aliens infected us? It's like grabbers. We're so full of this chemical, <laughs> they can't infect us because they'll die inside of our bodies because we got jet fuel running inside our spleen. Technically, if they blew up any of the crew members, it would blow up the ship because they're filled with highly flammable liquids. Right, Doctor? That stands to reason, yes, but I think if you filled yourself with Damoxicil, then that would be a deterrent for the aliens. Well, no, I really just wanted to see this movie in by Clay being the only person oh, on the ship. Nobody would touch All him. the aliens want to infect him, but they're like, no, he's toxic. <laughs> Stay away. What? Let me get some more of my flask. Noah starts to run off to find his beloved Haley, despite Clay yelling at him, all these dead bodies. He's like, hey, who's going to mop this up? That was funny. <laughs> that was funny. It was. It was. He's still he's, he's still thinking about custodial stuff. It's good super. Uh, well, all the bad guys are finally dead, so problem solved, right? Yes. No. Problem solved wrong. All the zombies' severed body parts start squirming towards each other and gelling together to create a massive alien life form. You gotta be fucking kidding me, Willow says. 
which of course is a famous line from another much better shape-shifting film, John Carpenter's The Thing. It's a it's a classic line. You got to be fucking kidding me. Well, wait, at this point, well, when you get all the severed body parts, why weren't you throwing the moxicil out to dissolve it? Because he's drunk on moonshine. And the moxicil would have eaten through the deck. And if you throw it on the alien, you can't drink it. And <laughs> wouldn't the moxicil then burn through the floor, burn through the floor, and eventually burn through the side of the ship and yes. kill everybody? Yes. Why would you have it on board in the first place? <laughs> We gotta get those Taco Tuesday shits off the floor in there. Oh, and he follows it up with this. After that line from John Carpenter's a thing, he says, What is this thing? So I guess that's maybe them acknowledging the tribute to the thing. I think so. I think so. Maybe. If if not the alien itself being yeah. a somewhat of oh. a tribute. Like I'm gonna hope. I'm gonna hope they use that classic line as a tribute, and then they followed it with that to say, no, "We I know." Th- I, I think Doc's right. By the time we get to the main monster here, it's definitely kind of like a little uh, take on the oh. thing. I, I just like that they threw in that line. What is this? The thing? To all right. And get this, because Admiral Adam's body is now a part of this giant creature. It extends his human thumb out of its gooey orifice, giggity, which is the only thumbprint that can open up the reactor doors. With access to the reactor, the alien is now able to hit the fucking gas pedal, (coughs) sending the USS Hercules hurtling towards Earth at an alarming rate. So alarming that if it were to crash into New Earth with an unstable reactor... It would destroy it and all 50 million people already living there, just like the Rebellion wanted it to all along. Everything is going according to plan for the bad guys. It's all coming up Rebellion. So Noah, Doc Chambers, and Clay quickly make some guns that can spray the moxicil at the remaining alien zombies as our heroes march their way through the ship. All right, who wants some barbecue? Willow says before spraying them down with the powerful bathroom cleanser. Really? That's his one original line and they gave him... This is the only film where we've seen Willis fight aliens in his entire sci-fi career. I know uh, the fifth element, whatever. This is Willis against killer aliens and they gave him that line. That's his only original line. Who wants some barbecue? It's weak sauce, man. Shameful. For all we know, he decided which lines he was going to say. He might have wrote that line. They might have had a cool line. He's like, <laughs> they might have had a lot of cool stuff. I'm going to say what I want to say. And man, those Moxicel guns are laughable at best. It shoots this blue CGI smoke. I guess the CG, the C in CGI is for cheesy. <laughs> Noah makes his way to Haley's cryo chamber and rescues her before she can be turned into an alien zombie. He thrusts a gun in her hand, and she joins the fight with very few questions asked. She, she, she kind of just does what he says. Uh, Start killing your fellow man. Okay. <laughs> As they run to the escape pods down that hallway, 
the monstrous alien beast blocks their way. It kind of looks like a combination of a T-Rex and that RoboCop ED-209, that police robot, you know what I'm talking about, Yaks? Yes. The, that guards the, the police building. And it's just, but it looks like a T-Rex and that thing covered with grape jelly. CGI. It's all CGI, but it doesn't look terrible. Uh, that is an ugly motherfucker, Willis says. Of course, once again, copying a line from a much better sci-fi film, Arnold's Predator. Uh, alien. Do you think that was intentional that he said Arnold line? I thought I thought they intentionally took from every sci-fi classic in one way or another. So yeah, I think so. I think it was intentional. The alien shoots out some tentacles, killing Dr. Chambers, which really pisses off Clay. This is one of his better lines. You fucking motherfucker. He hits the trigger on the Moxicil gun again. Uh, the same shit, again, that Noah used on the toilets after Taco Tuesday. But it doesn't do the trick, as the alien knocks out Clay then, prompting Noah and Haley to run like hell for the escape pod. Seriously, this might be the only movie like this we ever get to see where action film legend Bruce Willis takes on a giant alien and his last original zinger is, you fucking motherfucker. I guess I'll take it at this point. What else can I do? Unless, guys, I make up some better ones of my own. You know, I've dabbled in screenwriting from Uh, time to time. On occasion, yes, I do know. What you got? So... So I thought, what what lines would I give Bruce Willis facing off against this alien? You ready for some magic? Yeah, kid. Hit me with it. All right. Here's the first one I thought of. He looks over at Noah. I'm a janitor, kid. Wiping out shit stains is what I do. It's pretty good, right? It's all right. All right. Maybe. What else you got, kid? Staring down the alien. Hey, asshole, you ever hear of Mr. Clean? Well, I'm Mr. Mean, and you're history, dickhead. All right, chop off the your history, dickhead. Leave it at Mr. Clean. Gold. He's Mr. Mean. Oh, Mr. Mean, yeah. Gold. Okay. How about this one? Alien stares him in the eyes. Bruce says, the name's Wand. Toilet wand. And I like my alien predators shaken, not stirred. Like a James Bond thing. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Okay, what about this one? He takes aim with the laser gun at at the alien. Yo, fuckface. What did Mr. Spock find when he looked down in the toilet? The captain's log. Now eat shit and die, you slimy cocksucker. All right, Captain's Log, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. I can, I can go with it. I can go with it. Doctor showing no emotion whatsoever. Okay, I think this one's going to get a rise up. No, that was it. That's all I had. You, you killed him. You killed him with your dialogue. Okay. Oh, come on, Doc. The Captain's Log is perfect. I had a rage against the latrine thing I was working on. <laughs> For several days, but I couldn't get it to roll off the tongue right, so I abandoned it. Uh, 
Rage against the latrine. Hey, shit stain. Wipe this. No, that no. works. Oh, I no. can live with it. I could live with that one. Any of those were better than what they gave him. Am I right, Doc? At least give me that, Doc. I said those those are all fine. Uh, again, I'm I'm not sure that Willis's final line wasn't his total choice. Okay, so you guys are the the unanimous vote was yo fuck face. What did Mister Spock find when he looked in the toilet? The captain's log. Now eat shit and die, you slimy cocksucker. That so was I'm the going winner. With that one. I'm going with that one. Yeah, I got the best oh. response off of that one. And these guys are working in Hollywood, and I'm not. Yeah, hard to imagine that. Oh, sorry. Noah kills the alien creature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, bro- I broke Zen, man. It was perfect. You should have just left that Captain's Log. Captain's no, I'm fine. Log. I'm fine with my place in line. I, I, I host a very popular cigar podcast. I'm totally fine with that. That's where I'm supposed to be. Noah kills the creature, which then morphs into a human figure, which that doesn't go any further. We never really figure out what that's all about. And he climbs into the escape pod with Haley. Noah, not the the weird alien figure. As they blast off, the holographic blue Bruce Willis head, potato head, pops up again in their escape pod. Just never gives away. He's alive. And he takes a swig from his moonshine and says, Adios, Padre. Actually, that's a really good line. He's going to be a soon-to-be father. Adios, Padre. And no, and then he starts bashing the ship's navigation system from the control room, overheating the reactor, and veering the USS Hercules off course from New Earth. As the escape pod launches away from the ship, Clay takes one less drink of the toxic booze before the entire ship implodes killing all 300,000 innocent human beings on board. But hey, at least boring Noah and his pregnant wife are okay. Hey, it's a choice between 300,000 in the ship versus 50 million on Earth 2.0. And they're close enough because the, 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 the zombies had sped up the reactor. The escape pod can actually reach New Earth, unlike when that other TNCC guy got on there <laughs> 200 light years from Earth. New Earth. And as they approach New Earth, seriously, the outer space effect shot looking down on the planet, New Earth, our outer space effect shot looking down on the planet in our short film Hipster, YouTube it, that Tuck created from his fucking house looked better than this bullshit. Your your effect shot in our short film Hipster looked better than this outer space (laughs) shot in a Bruce Willis movie. Thank you. You can visit my production company, Boy in a Garage. That that finally you agree with me on something. But they land on a new Earth with its two sons, and we hear birds chirping. And just as they embrace and think that everything's going to be just fine with their new lives here, despite that new Earth is filmed with that same blue filter that the spaceship was filmed on. Yeah, that was a bit weird. That was annoying. They suddenly encounter an alien zombie kid who starts marching towards them along a lake just as a humongous alien creature as tall as a skyscraper 
emerges over the horizon battling. Do you guys see some jet fighters? Jet fight, yeah, jet fighters yeah. flew in. I like this yeah. twist. I like this twist. The humans are, they ended up, New Earth has these big fucking aliens on too, but they're like huge. And we're fighting a new war up there. Haley suddenly looks between her legs. There's liquid there. Her water is broken. The baby's coming. So she looks up at Noah and says, what are we going to do? He's learned something from his mentor, Clay and Admiral Adams. Burn them all, he says. As he fires up his disinfectant spewing machine gun, the end. Yeah, I, I could have done without that. French composer Philippe... without that ending. What's that, Doctor? I, I could have done without that ending. I, I uh, For the most part, I enjoyed this movie for what I thought it was. But I, with the big giant one at the end, I didn't... That, I really didn't understand that. I kind of thought I, I kind of got it because uh, the the monster brings all these body parts that it's been killing together to coalesce into one big gigantic entity. There's 50 million people on Earth, so that's a lot. I mean, think of how big that guy was after, or think about how big the monster well, was I, on I, the ship after just killing like 12 or 15. People. I, I I took it as uh, there's been there's there's what 30 million people here the rebellion slipped some of those other aliens on some of those other ships and yeah it just that's a this, whole this bunch thing, of whole bunch of people died to make big gigantic monsters yeah this thing has been going on on new earth for quite some time i liked it i just didn't like the whole kill it looked ball. Like... This, whatever well all of a sudden nose got balls come on uh French composer Philippe LaRue says that every great memorable piece of music needs that one moment of madness. And I think it's clear here that there's no such moment in Breach. It is neither great nor memorable. You guys with me on that? Yes. But I will say this. Look, I will say this. Bruce Willis seemed to be having at least a minimal amount of fun in this thing. And I honestly, having not watched a lot of Bruce Willis straight-to-video movies, I wasn't expecting that. But then when I went and watched a few of his other... After I watched this, I went back and watched some of his other video-on-demand flicks from the last few years. Because I'm a responsible podcast host. Starting with 2016's Precious Cargo, co-starring Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell as a master criminal gunrunner, and ending with 2019's Trauma Centers, co-starring Steve Gutenberg as a Puerto Rican surgeon, Bruce seemed to be somewhat giving a shit and having a good time in those movies as well. He also did in the flick we reviewed way back on episode 61, Once Upon a Time in Venice. Oh, that was way better than this movie. It's like not even day. It's not even comparison. But here's my thing, Tut. I think it's possible, Dr., that Bruce might enjoy these smaller budget flicks more so than the blockbusters. Disregard whether he can still be in blockbusters because the, the, the industry has changed so much. But I think he might actually prefer these flicks because he can work with his buddies. It's a lighter schedule. He can have a few drinks. The stakes aren't so fucking high. And he can just kind of relax a little bit. Do you think there's something to that, Doc? I yeah, I think he you think he can just do what he wants. Uh, uh, he still, if you look at his filmography on IMDb in the last few years, he still does some 
some studio pictures. I mean, he was in that Death Wish remake. That was only like two years ago. I mean, that's not a blockbuster per se, but he's still the male lead in a studio. It, it went to, th- I, I, I count it because it went to theaters. He has a theatrical release, so he still has those this here and there. But uh, yeah, I think when, when on these, and I think if I hadn't read that chapter of the Kevin Smith book that came out like 10 or 12 years ago, where he said like, Willis just basically didn't want to be directed when they made, was it Cop Out? Was that the name of that movie? Yeah. Yeah. He said he didn't want to be directed. Like he would tell the guy to stand here and Willis would go stand over there. You know, now how much of it's true and how much of it is Smith was a pothead, you know, who knows, but I'm sure a lot of it's true. So after having read that, I think Willis, if he, I think he, he, you know, how many of these guys did he handpick? I mean, you know, he handpicked some of the actors like Messner that you pointed out, it's been in like five or six movies with him. I think they starred together in tears of the sun way back when, and Messner's shown up in a lot of his films. But when I see that the, the writer of this film, who's going on direct three Willis movies next year, I think Willis just maybe finds these guys that he's comfortable with and that he can just kind of do his thing. And I, I, I was expecting worse out of Willis. I was expecting just annoyed Willis who didn't want to, but I, I got some nice little touches here and there from him. And I'm, you know, I don't want to shortchange him that. Would you not agree then kind of what I was alluding to that if he's handpicked these writers that he's worked with on three or four movies that, that also indicates that, this isn't going to be a situation where he's going to get into conflict with anybody if he decides to ad lib his own line or make up his own line at some they point. They probably they probably give Bruce a long leash. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think there's a lot to what you're saying. You, you think he kind of just does it's easy work and he just kind of does what he wants. Nobody's gonna really. I, I guess it was just nice yeah. to not see. It was just nice not to see him sleepwalk through this thing. I I I, I did get some. I did get some effort out of Bruce, which I, you, you guys went into this expecting nothing. I went in this expecting everyone else to really try and Bruce not to. And I got Bruce actually gave something and he was failed by the creative team around him. Um, because they, they put together a pretty lazy fucking sci-fi flick around the guy, but. Low-budget schlock. So man, I, 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 it, it's hard because I don't know the dude, but to me, it just seemed. You said that everything else was lazy. I kind of see this as Willis being lazy. Dude, Willis is a great freaking actor, and you get the right motivation he, around well, him. Well, he he I can be. He can he be. Can. He can be super energetic and just chew up any scene that he's in. And I didn't get that sense in this film. There wasn't a there wasn't a moment, even when he was delivering his somewhat okay one-liners, it, there wasn't that moment to where there was the twinkle in his eye that just captivated me. That I just thought I was like, "That's that's Willis." Well, you're you're yeah, right in the fact that if you're right in the fact that they could probably have dropped anybody in that role that Willis did, and and he it probably would have been the same movie. Yeah, I just I, I think that I think Willis is at the point to where he's just 
I, I kind of do see this as a phone it in type thing. I, 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 I'm not a little bit of fun. Yeah, sure. I mean, if you're yeah. boozing up, drinking out a flask on set, you're going to have fun. I'm not going to go there because for me, he was sadly the best thing in the movie. Um, yeah, I mean, which I, which I wasn't expecting. So uh, that for me made it worth watching three. Fuck. The worst part about this was we were, we were supposed to do this movie last week, and I got a cold. So I rented it. This isn't a free movie to stream. I paid seven bucks for it last week. I got sick. I couldn't do my notes. So I had to rent this thing. This thing got 15 bucks of my money. Uh, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, but you know what? I thought we had a good talk about it. And I think uh, we we kind of discuss the what works for some doesn't work for most how yaks and i kind of took a more uh critical eye towards some of the technical stuff and and tut you're just in sci-fi la la land over there where if you're in space you're okay with tut <laughs> pretty much <laughs> and uh i thought you know, it was a good fun tuesday night popcorn flick well there you go and we are the tuesday night scar club so uh i i, I think it was a good way to start the year I, I don't regret it one bit. Um, wish I could have just rented it once. But I also enjoyed the Fratella uh, Nevetta Discovery Cigar. Once I got it going, it was a, it was a nice little Robusta. It was a oh, good what? little offering, man. And I think, uh, Yax, you, uh, as you chug water vigorously with your Russian Imperial Stouts, you, 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 yeah, you... It, your beer influenced the cigar heavily. It did. Um, so I would say, but if you're wanting something too, like, you never told us how that Nebula beer. How's the Nebula beer? Did the Nebula beer change anything? The Nebula beer tastes. Up it here is not. Martin House. Oh, was yeah. it Martin? Was that Martin House? It was Martin House. Oh. Was it terrible? It wasn't terrible. But I mean, literally, it is beer, but it tastes like red wine. Oh, I might like that beer. But if you want it to pair with a cigar, it will pair with no cigar. Okay. So you scored out on both beers. The the Brazos Valley, the, the Laugh at the Moon, in terms of this cigar... Not, it actually works fantastically because it's such a strong chocolate flavor. The chocolate you're going to get from the cigar, they blend so well together. Yeah, but the chocolate was so muted with me and Tut. It just. Well, I know, but like I said, it you, draws out that chocolate yeah. flavor. It, okay. It's, it's uh, going to work. But if it, you're going to experience. Other flavors from that cigar, the Brazos Valley is probably just going to mute those out. It, that chocolate flavor is very dominant. It's going to kill anything else. Like I said, I drew out some things, but I mean, just a few. Anything, I mean, if there was anything else, like, you know, y'all, y'all, y'all spoke about Graham sweetness. Yeah, I didn't I, get that. I, there was no way I was going to tell that. Yeah, I didn't get that either. Um, okay. 
What'd you think about your Viking beer with crystal clear Arctic water? Uh, I really enjoyed it. I could see this being a beer that really pairs well with a lot of different types of food. Yeah, yeah. It's a good beer. Yeah, I enjoyed the glacier water. I, I, uh, I'll definitely come back to that again. I could see that being good with steak and... Seafood. What's that? Seafood. Yeah, boy, just about anything. It just seemed like a good food beer. That's an interesting... Uh... That's an interesting comment. Uh, yeah, because when I think back at that beer, because I know I got, I think a couple of us got a little bit of a citrus on the back end and that low hops. Pair that with some some grilled shrimp or like a shrimp pasta or maybe some lobster. That shit would be phenomenal. Yeah, I can see it going good even with just a couple of beef fajita tacos even might have gone good with it. Tut, if you cook those things, my holographic blue head will pop up behind you. I'm never cooking again. <laughs> It'll be like that Ron Swanson head behind you. Just uh, just constantly critical? Yeah, just nothing but critical. A way to use too much cilantro, moron. <laughs> no, don't close your laptop. We're, we're almost... Okay. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to suggest... Uh, this the space dust IPA with the the maltiness and the very present hops, but still not over the top. It's still one of the best IPAs we feature on the show, and it steers clear of any both cigars that we featured it with. And I, I would, if you if you're a fan of IPAs, this would be the IPA to go to when pairing because it's not going to get in the way of any of your cigar uh, flavors. I think Tut's coffee-heavy dry stout. Uh, no, granted, most people aren't going to find a fucking coffee stout with potatoes in it. <laughs> but uh, if you do, I think it'll stay clear of the cigar as well and, and maybe bring out uh, or let the cigar stay in its own lane and the stout stay in its own lane, which is hard because most stouts will interfere with the cigar. Yeah. This one did not. So uh, we'll... we'll uh, I think I think we'll call it a draw on what 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 did better, but uh, yeah, it was a really good robusto. And then, dude, I'm still lighting and relighting, but it's it's going strong for a long time. So uh, I think that's two for two for Fratellos we liked. I believe we also liked the Bianco. Uh, Tut for the first time in the new year. Why don't you give us a link? All right. So if you are going to buy something for your loved one it's valentine's day coming up go to the tuesday night cigar club website.com and uh click on the amazon banner do your shopping from there get your loved one a little something something uh if you want to buy any of the cigars we featured tonight the uh uh the fratello discovery the uh herrera steli miami uh or any other cigars that you want to do to go to tuesday night cigar club.com click on the famous smoke shop dot smoke shop banner it will enter the promo code tncc20 for you and you get 20 dollars off any order over 100 bucks that's like 20 percent. that's a pretty dang good deal uh let's see what else uh oh by the way if you want to check us out uh we haven't been banned from twitter so go to at tnccast you can find us on instagram see all of our wonderful pics our instagram traffic is pretty dang heavy uh tncc underscore podcast you can also join us on facebook tuesday night cigar club and you can definitely subscribe and i highly suggest that you do subscribe to us oh excuse me smash that like button at tuesday night cigar club on youtube 
I, actually, Todd, I have got us banned from Twitter. I'm oh, sorry. damn it. Sorry. We didn't use it that much anyway, and no. I, I said some questionable things. It was a very volatile last few weeks, and I, I, I may have went a little bit overboard. Um, but we don't need that platform anyway. We got, no, no, no. We, we, we got the free speech, all the free speech we need on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> They're not going to control us. Okay, folks, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, once again, we got a really fun year planned uh, with the Tuesday Night Scar Club. And I feel kind of a little bit more comfortable saying this than maybe a year, a month ago. Let's hope I'm right. May the wings of liberty never lose a feather. We'll see you in two weeks. Sayonara, motherfuckers. Hang in there. To learn more about the time I was a stowaway aboard a top-secret NASA mission, but when we finally landed, light years from Earth, on the planet Titiabo 3, I stepped out of the rover unit and realized that I had left my space trousers back in Florida. Well, you'll just have to read about my intergalactic erotic adventures in my soon-to-be sci-fi classic, 2069, A Space Boner's Odyssey. Man, let me tell you folks, those space babes are both horny and incredibly curious about the male Earthling's anatomy. I was probed. I was prodded. And then I asked to be probed again. And let's just say I took way more than a small step or even a giant leap for mankind to get what I'm saying. Alien sex. I had lots of steamy alien sex, is what I'm saying. So take that, Neil Armstrong, you putz. In the meantime, while you're waiting for my book to be published, you can learn more about the cigars enjoyed on tonight's episode by visiting www.fratellocigar.com. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'Brien'sTemple.com and download their free smartphone app, where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.fritzbeermusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying, until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky, and for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well. Get you